Hey gang, welcome to episode 231 of the No Persinium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro studio in Los Angeles, aka the kitchen table. I was like, what do we usually say at this part? Um, um, Somehow I'm a little rusty, even though uh, we haven't really stopped doing this. It's amazing uh, what a wacky week will do to you. Um, This is the second half of our end of the year 2019, beginning of 2020 podcast. Uh, This is the long part. We were originally going to break this up into three segments and drop one in the middle of the week. Uh, but the week got crazy, so we're just popping two in. So this is going to be like over two hours. Um, there's three segments. I thought there were two. Um, we were drunk when we made this, so, you know, completely forgot. Um, who you're going to hear on board with me today are Anthony Robinson, uh, one of my oldest, dearest friends, and also one of our LA correspondents, Catherine Yu, who is our executive editor, uh, who has transplanted herself from New York to LA this year, and Kevin Gossett, who is our LA review editor. Uh, this whole thing was powered by uh, some whiskey uh, and uh, some beers, and uh, these beers are, are mostly local beers. Uh, Kevin brought us some uh, Ennegrin Brewing Company, uh, Belgian Dark Strong Ale, fifth anniversary that they've been aging for a while. Um, uh, that's out of Moore Park. And then down from Anaheim, Brewery's uh, Tarot, uh, Tart of Darkness, uh, a family brew that was brewed in 2016. Um, again, uh, both, both potent brews. Um, and then I busted out some uh, Game of Thrones of Valor Morgalis double ale at the end, just because, you know, we weren't drunk enough, um, which is not true at all. You're going to hear we get progressively more loose as this episode goes on. So I do not recommend listening to this under normal conditions. You're just going to get jealous. Um, or, you know, if you if you are uh, someone who doesn't drink and 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 there's absolutely nothing wrong with that in any way, shape, or form. Um, uh, don't don't listen to this while while operating machinery, just because uh, we we may you know cause you to be distracted by just how out of it we are at certain points. Um, before we dive into this extra long episode, because <laughs> it's going to take you forever to get to the end of the show, I wanted to bring you up to speed on what's going on with the Here Summit and Festival. Now, truly, and festival, which is going to be taking place in Pasadena, California, this March, the 27th through the 29th, badges are on sale. Uh, you pre-register, and then and then you get a shot at uh, getting a badge. Uh, the three-day badges are on sale. They're $600 a throw. What does that get you? Well, uh, it gets you it gets you access to all three days of the summit and festival, and we've got some brand new. Uh, folks to announce to the programming pool. So we're going to break this down. Uh, and I may butcher someone's name because, hey, it's me. Uh, Michael bon- Bontadibus. See, there you go. I'm already messing things up. Uh, who's the artistic director of Witness. They're the folks uh, who did Noir Town uh, this past year that the team in New York absolutely loved. And they're about to do uh, Last Days of the Czars, 
up at the historic Stimson Green Mansion in Seattle. So they're they were in New York. They're going to pop up some work in Seattle, and then Michael's going to come down at the end of March and join us in Pasadena. They also, uh, you might have seen this on Deadline or another site. Uh, they got tapped by the people uh, who produced uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So Witness is going places and uh, working on both coasts and getting tapped by Broadway producers, uh, London producers even. This is exciting stuff, and we're super excited to have Michael come on down. We're also very excited to have Lawrence Lewis. People in L.A. know Lawrence as part of the team behind the behind Alone, uh, which is a much beloved, uh, you know, strange, ethereal, immersive haunt uh, that really set the bar and and kicked off so much of of what was going on uh, in L- in LA's haunt scene a few years ago. What you might not know is Lawrence's day job includes things like, and this is what he's coming to talk to us about. The Stranger Things Scoops Ahoy activation that was a collaboration between Netflix and Baskin Robbins. And Lawrence executed on that, uh, and it had a whole ARG component to it. And so we're going to get into uh, that whole piece. They had they had lines for three hours into Baskin Robbins because of the Scoops Ahoy you know, tie-in. And they had the ARG, and it's just really fun to dig into one of these. And Lawrence is going to be there, and he's going to bring a couple members of the team to talk. Also going to be at the summit. Uh, very happy to announce someone who's been at the summit a couple of times as uh, as someone coming to the summit, but now as one of our guests, Vance Garrett, uh, who's a creative producer. Who's I mean, when you look at Vance's uh, resume, uh, it's just packed. So he was part of the team that launched Sleep No More in New York. Uh, he helped launch Refinery 29's 29 Rooms. He helped launch the Museum of Ice Cream. Uh, he was recently the vice president of experiential global inter- entertainment for Uniball Rodemco Westfield. So Westfield Malls, he was like running experiential for Westfield. Um, and he just was working on Model Land with Tyra Banks. So Vance is going to be there. Um, we're going to we're going to work him into the to the, some of the salons. And we're looking at doing some like mentoring sessions this year. Like that might work its way into the schedule. Uh, and Vance is down for anything. So. Um, guys got stories going back to the origins of, of this stuff. Those are three folks who haven't spoken before. I'm also very excited to announce two folks who are returning. First up, Sean Taylor, uh, who is the founder of Nerds of Color. And he, the nerdsofcolor.org. Let me get the, let me get the name of the website, right? Because I was going from memory and now I'm looking and seeing I missed the the. Um, and a founding organizer of the Black Comics Arts Festival. Sean was part of the Impact panel last year that Michael Tara Garver uh, organized for us. And I was just so, I'll say, I was smitten because he was talking my language. Um, and I was just so chuffed uh, and I didn't get a chance to like sit down with him. And so I'm just like, I'm bringing Sean back because I want to hang out with him so badly. And I want you guys to get to pick his brain. Um, He's got a lot of knowledge about bringing fans into the mix, about participatory culture. Uh, He's got a company that's working on some LARP stuff right now. And so I'm just super excited to have Sean uh, coming on down and uh, just, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm stoked to have Sean back. Super stoked. Um, and then I mentioned Michael. Michael's coming back. Uh, Michael's our 
Uh, she's been like our utility player for the past couple of years in, in year one at IDS. Uh, she, she, we had her working like every segment of the day. And then last year, she programmed the impact track, which just just blew people away, and it was it was so good. And this year, we're bringing Michael back. She's going to be one of our speakers on Saturday, and she's gonna she's gonna help frame a lot of what's going on uh, for all of us. Uh, and she just started a new gig over at Category Forty One uh, as the head of experiential entertainment. Uh, and Cat Forty One is a global experience company that creates, incubates, and syndicates location-based experiences. So it's a new venture, and she's been brought in to head up experiential. And um, we're excited. Uh, and she just she just transplanted out of New York to LA. So like, uh, we, get to, we, get, we all get to hang out. Now that's the speaker side. But as you know, been paying attention. Um, and, and there's there's other folks uh, who we just announced last week. Actually, I put this down in the notes. So folks we announced last week include uh, Risa Puno, who's the artist behind The Privilege of Escape, Kelly and Adams Pletcher, Creative Club Drosselmeyer, uh, and then Lauren Lugwith of Capital W and Tara O'Conn, uh, who performs in Then She Fell, uh, are also are, have all been announced in the past week. And we are not done making announcements yet. We are we're we're locking a few things down, and I'm hoping that next week we get to make uh, a couple more really big announcements. There's some exciting stuff just in the wings. Now, as you know, we also have the festival this year, so we've got some some big pieces and some small pieces. And the idea is that we're gonna make sure that everyone gets through something kind of substantial and also get uh, a one-on-one -on -one encounter. So last week, uh, what we announced was that we have Escape from Gato and Corn and Wick's casting uh, as some of the, what I've been, what I've been internally referring to as the chunky pieces. Uh, and then Shvano Laughlin and Candlehouse Collective are going to be a part of our one-on-one our -on -one set. This week, what I get to announce to you is that we've got two off-site selections. So these selections are going to be made available on the Thursday night, right before the summit proper, and Friday night during, uh, during the expo time. They're going to be off-site, so there's a little travel involved. One is going to be, uh, you're going to be able to choose to check out Stash House, which is one of our favorite escape rooms down in Koreatown. Tommy Haunton uh, is one of the creators there, and Tommy's going to be at the summit. And so they've graciously given us some slots, and we're going to be able to let people check that out. Uh, this is a really great opportunity for folks coming in from out of town to check out something during the course. Uh, and then the Speakeasy Society is going to have some new work up during the time of the summit and festival and they're giving us a few slots as well uh, so again thursday and friday night there'll be slots available for folks so there'll be something that a badge holder can elect to go see as part of their full badge price and then adding to the one-on-one -on -one lineup uh, I get, I'm very happy, I get to announce that Kate Lane, one of my favorite performers, uh, is going to be creating uh, some original work downstairs for us. This joins a list that includes Fable Studios and Tender Claws and uh, the Wild Optimists and Nova Han from Electric Forest and Maddie and Luke from Crossroads Escape Games, who uh, we're talking about bringing one of, one of their, their pop-up pieces around. It's just really shaping up uh, to be the thing that I've always wanted it to be, this this grand convocation and celebration of what we do. And, and the festival side we're referring to as a pilot festival. 
because people are going to get to see like two things, you know, and maybe maybe squeeze a little something else in if, if they get lucky and, you know, someone doesn't show up to something. So it's not the focus, but I really wanted to make sure that this year that we weren't just talking about the work, but that we were engaging with the work. And there's so much more to come, but I am just so excited to get to share this stuff with you. When I'm working on it and when I'm pushing through, I can get tired and aggravated and frustrated. But then when I step back and I look at what we've put together already, I get excited. I really honestly get excited. I cannot have this tone of voice uh, if I didn't really feel what I'm feeling right now. Um, and I just am excited for you to join us in Pasadena at the end of March and um, check it all out. So. Here Fest, H-E-R-E Fest, F-E-S-T dot com is how you start your journey uh, to join us. Um, if you have pre-registered, you should have a link uh, to buy your badge in your email. It's coming from the NOAA at herefest.com uh, email. So check your spam because it's not an email you've probably gotten before. And you know how much Google likes to ignore messages that you are waiting for. And it is there waiting for you. All right, we only have so many, only have so many uh, uh, three-day badges to go, but I did just put 25 more into the pool. Uh, we were holding 25 back. I've dropped 25 more into the pool, so snatch them up while you can before it all goes away. And I'll keep you up to date on that. All right, this podcast is brought to you by listeners like you, thanks to patreon.com. Patreon.com slash no proscenium is where you help us out. We are down nine backers because uh, there's been a bunch of uh, credit card shenanigans and I have to like email people saying, oh, hey, your credit card got declined, which is weird and uncomfortable and I don't want to do, but I'm gonna have to do it this weekend. Um, we're down to 305 and 1814. Um, remember, um, you know, uh, I'm living off this now. So, uh, and I live in Los Angeles. Do the math. I'm terrified every day, but we're going to make it through. And I want to thank Jesse, Ben, Formaker, Olivias, and Dave for becoming our latest backers here at NoPro. If we got everybody on board who, who uses what we got, we'd have a real budget and I wouldn't just be paying me. I'd be able to, to pay the wonderful folks that you're about to hear. Uh, who make my life such a joy. And we had never gotten together and turned the microphones on and drank all as a group before. And we had so much fun. We're going to do it again. And I hope you're having fun. And I hope for those of you who listened to the bonus podcast with Zay and I talking about Star Wars that you had fun. I know a couple of you did. Probably a couple of you tore your hair out. Um, we have we try to have fun here uh, as well as informing you. And... I'm just ecstatic about what it means that uh, that this is our life now. Um, and I thank you for that. And let's get on with the show. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Sorry, I'm eating. It's okay. Um... 
thank you, Blake, for being on the show. Uh, Anthony has recovered from his laughing fit. Yes, um, I'm, I'm much better. Thank you. He actually, <clears throat> you th- I believe you threw out your back yeah, for a I, moment? Yeah, I, I threw out my back for a second, laughing my ass Patreon.com slash no proscenium for no, Anthony's don't, medical no, bills. No, it's gofundme.com <laughs> slash Anthony's back backslash <laughs> back <laughs> backslash <laughs> back. Capitalism. Maintain a healthcare system all, in this all, I, all I know is I've lost my kids and I've needed knee pads to go retrieve them, so... Okay. I'm just saying. St. Louis is lovely. Okay. All right. So, uh, Anthony. uh, So here's what's going to be the rest of the segment. It's going to be. It's going to be Anthony's 2019. I'll do a really quick. And you guys chuckle. I'll do a really quick 2019 (laughs) for me, and then uh, we'll we'll try and look forward. So, Anthony, how was your? (laughs) Because we know this all digresses. So, Anthony, how was how was your? As we enter enter hour five of our 2019 show, hour five of the 2019. Please answer in the form of a question. How was your immersive 2019? What is full of blackness, Alex? Um, sorry. Um, yeah, I went there. Um, my 2019 was. For me, 2019 was it was a weird year. This is a very weird year for me because this is the first year in a long while where I didn't get to see as many shows as I usually see. That being said, what I did get to see, um, what I did get to see, I, I I really enjoyed, and even some of the stuff that was not like shining, you know, you know, shining uh, uh, epitomes of of what we do. I really got a chance to see a good spread of different things, different types of shows. Um, Really, for me, the, my, my big standouts this year. I mean, like, this point, like, if we don't say, I feel like I feel like we get penalized if we don't say Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge at this point. Um, but um, Noah saw this. Noah saw me weep like a, like a, like a, like I was five years old. I mean, I paid for the privilege. Yeah, he paid for the privilege. <laughs> um, I got a lightsaber. Hourly rate. So I got a lightsaber, guys, and. And Noah saw me cry multiple times during the day, but like I think the biggest cry of the day was the lightsaber. Is, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And then we also got to, we, and then we got to return the favor and do that to Zay uh, like about a month and a half later. Yeah, and, and I cried again. By the way, <laughs> I cried again, knowing what was coming this time. I mean, I was really Aww. happy that they had changed the rules so that like two of us could go in because like when when we did it. The, the idea is that one one guest per builder, and then they t- told us, yeah, and then they told us two, and so like Anthony and I got to watch Zay build a saber. Yeah, which was which was a delight because oh, so you need three people total now. Yeah. So if oh, the okay. child does it, only mom or dad could come. That's no, no, terrible. I think, I think that's, I think that's why we changed it. Three people right. total instead of it used to be one builder, one person. Right, right. but yeah. like if you okay. paid for your kid to go, you'd have to choose one parent. Yeah. Right, and which that, is a bad idea. Which is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Disney perfecting. Pulling families apart Divorce. for fifty years. Sophie's choice. So, <laughs> except your kid's making the choice. Yeah, your kid. Who do you want to go in with, mommy or daddy? Everything rides on this. <laughs> well, mom paid for it, so I'm going with mom. Um, ooh. But dad's a Star Wars freak. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah. That, that's my household he gets right to now. Wait outside. It's my dad's waiting outside, going. Was it going to be a red lightsaber or a green lightsaber? I don't know. Um, Wait, what but, color were you, Anthony? Uh, uh, mine was green. Okay. Mine was green. You're blue, um, right? No. Purple. <gasps> yeah. You're purple. I went, I, you went I deliberately blue. went. I deliberately went with the no pro colors. Oh. It's the no pro saber. It's the no pro, no pro, pro saber. saber. Um, but yeah, I I went and I did the whole thing and I concentrated. And I you know I closed my eyes like the you know like, and I saw green and I I reached out for the green saber. And that's what I did, and um, and I'm sticking by that. I'm really happy with my lightsaber, and I and like I said, I wept like, like it was you know like I had a, a spiritual moment because it really was a spiritual moment, and um, 
that was one of the big highlights of my year this year was doing that because, uh, like I said, like I said last year, uh, this daddy's going to this one, and my my no wife. No kids. You went no, without your. Children. I went without my kids. And it was, as as the prophecy. <clears throat> as the prophecy foretold. <laughs> I w- it was the chosen one day, and my wife was really cool, and she played along. Ah, you were the chosen one, an individual in the force. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What is this grown man doing here, <laughs> all alone? In, in, a grown man in the force. Long has it been since we have seen this action. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, my, my wife oh, was really no. cool about it, and and you know, she took the days off. We're drunk. Yeah, we've been drinking from a storm. speak for yourself. From a After dark, no presidium. Yeah. And um, try the stout. You know, Noah, Noah got to my house like super early, and my wife was like, "Really, you're leaving with us?" I'm like, "Yes, I love my kids. I love you. Goodbye." And then they saw me. You know, I love. We left the house what six thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we were, more, Wait, <clears throat> were you there for rope drop? No, we yeah, were, yeah, I, yeah, yeah we were rope drop. drop. Yeah, nice. we were rope drop. wasn't. It was. I believe Did we you were the there. First? We went. <laughs> we went on the first. The thing was, we went on the first public day. So it was the first day after. The, the the press and cast preview. No, no, they, after after because like I went when it was still when you had the reservation system oh, and you get in. Oh, yeah. okay. So, yeah, and then like no, Anthony went yeah. after it was like officially. Yeah, we like, went open, open. open. We, okay. we went here. We, yeah. we, let's, Res- let's, no yeah. reservation. And, and it was and it was and that's the thing is like during the reservation system at Pimes it was mobbed. Yeah, and people had, were having terrible times, and then as soon as the reservation system was over. It got yeah. okay. It like everyone, self-corrected I, itself? Yeah, everyone got scared that it was going to be crowded, and suddenly it was easy to go to Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated the reservation system. It was like empty when I did it. Yeah. yeah. Cool, um, but also but like, it made the world feel a little empty. And like, people had yeah. problems getting into the cantina. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even make it in to the cantina over in that limited window, but like, I don't know. Yeah, we, we, let's we, be, let's be and honest. I, I think Anthony had a really cool experience, because I think at some point you were... You built your own like data pad thing, and you played sabak in the world. Like there was a lot of like kit bashing. Yeah, yeah you were like doing Shout a lot in Tears. the world as you kind of. I think you went back a couple yeah, times. Yeah, and, like really like delved I mean, into it in a way that maybe some people let, didn't. I mean, let's let's. I'm gonna go <laughs> off my uh, Oh, Noah's no, digging in the closet. Noah's bringing the closet. So while Noah's doing that, the um, open. while Noah's going to the closet, um, so so. I kind I kind of went yeah. all in, guys. Oh, let me show you what this man here's built a, for me. Here's okay. an Altoids um, tin we should, we and should, a wooden box. We should definitely take pictures of, of this and post imports. this. We should we should post the pictures on on, on this podcast. So. Noah's opening the box. So very on carefully. my was this the third trip? Um, this, this was this this was this was uh, Noah. Noah yeah, so this was our third third trip together. Yes, third trip because it, it was posted. <clears> it was posted today. Yes, the first trip was you and me, and then it was you, me, and Zay. Yeah, and then we went on. It was Noah's birthday. It was my birthday. Oh, that's right. For my birthday. For my for my Star Wars birthday, Anthony got for me this box of stuff. And when you open it up, what he what he did was Turn around. he we can't see it. I know, no, it's great. Wait for the reveal, Kevin. Wait, Fine. wait for it. He got he built me <gasps> a battery pack that's been kit bashed. So that it's in it's world all Star Wars. It's, it's got little doodads on cool, it. Cool, man. Doodads. So we can charge um, your phone. A, a brown braided cable, because like you got to feel that right. Star Wars. Your USB cable is in world. But then also a patch with my first name in my Star Wars name. So oh, your character's name. My character's name. And in, what language in, is that in? That this is, I mean, this is in this, basic. This is in basic. But yeah. But uh, <laughs> the alphabet is the Abesh. So, uh, but then also on top of that... Uh, little, little. Oh, these are the. Um, these are some space 
chopstick type actions for eating. Nice. Oh, oh, oh. Mostly right. because you so know you've you got ch- some utensil action. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. You see for that fried tip. Yep. Because of course everyone has stolen all the magic all the sporks. sporks. Yeah. Fucking assholes. They're on Every eBay, right? Of, I know yeah, for like two hundred dollars. Yeah. And if I <laughs> Wait, find out that wrong? you fuck it, no, you can't, <laughs> which can't. is stupid. Oh. But if I find out soon, if I know soon. anyone who stole those on mass, I will meet you in an alley. Uh, it's just so wrong that people were shoving them into bags. Uh, but the other thing Anthony got uh, is um, just your standard like small Allen oh, screwdriver screwdrivers yeah. in order to uh, do your basic battery repairs on your lightsaber. Yeah. So like he got he got a really it's these gifts are both beautiful and practical, oh, which you. which is great job. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And and that's and that's kind of been where that's kind of been where my year has been because like. Uh, at the top of the year, you know, I did a couple of reviews and I was going to get some stuff and um, it's been really, it's been a really busy time and as one of the disadvantages of Los Angeles is because, is by the time one, like we were saying earlier, by the time a show, you know, by the time you hear about a show and I know we hear about stuff earlier but by the time you like, you get to the point where you can go to a show, it's gone. You know, yeah. our, right. our, our shows are ethereal here. The, like, logistically speaking, yeah. traffic, parking, yeah, like getting there a little bit early just in case. Right, right. I mean, a little bit early. A little bit early, yeah. <laughs> so early. Or no early, which is half an hour in the parking lot doing nothing, waiting for the show to start. There's that's what no, you got to do for parking. Yeah, you got to do that for parking. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. It's like, so... Don't understand. In, in, you know, You're from New York. <laughs> You'll adapt. <laughs> You'll get used, used to it. it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean... For for me to go to shows, it's 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 a big deal, which is why you know, and I apologize to you guys with my Los Angeles crew um, that I haven't done no more reviews. I, don't, I actually got to go to a bunch of shows with you this year. Well, cool. I know. Well, I, started, cool. I started out this year and then it uh, was the my other. first creep. It was you yeah. guys took me to my we, first creep. That was, was your first. That was my too. first creep. It was too. Both your first. Both our first creep. Which which was, was, we, we broke our creep series. It was a good time. Fucking we ride. lost each other immediately, except for the part where Kevin and I got stuck in the clown room with Mister Happy. A little too oh long in there. God. Yeah. Well. Well. See. See. I. I've learned from talking here, and, and guys, I've learned from talking to Noah and from the podcast, from Noah and Zay, and from Kevin. Like, there's a certain point. I love you guys all, but if I get to one of these shows and I see something cool, I'm leaving you. Right? I that's how you should do an immersive oh, show. But like, this is like, unspoken. Well, well, yeah, but yeah I, like the three of us made no attempt to stay together. Like, well, Kevin well, no, and I got because, stuck together because, because, because really we would have been like, kept trying to leave, yeah. and then he kept making balloon animals. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's things like we we know better, and oh, and 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 the thing is like. Like there, I know there are people who go to their first immersive show and they're like they want to hang on to their friends. You no, know? it's like don't, do it. don't hang yeah, on to your no, friends, no, guys. Like, go, solo adventure. Go away. I mean, there are certain experiences that you want to do with other people. I mean, like I've got I've done Star Wars Galaxy's Edge both by myself solo and I've done it with with friends and it's always better with friends. I've I found that, yeah. that, that mm. it is a better experience with friends, not just because not just because you're not by yourself, but because you have people to riff off of. You're on a team. You're on a team. Do you think it was more because they built like an actual world versus like it's a show and there's a story and there's beats you got to hit? Like yeah. Because you can just kind of like live. You can live in, in Batu for bit. like. Yeah, for like however long you're hours. there. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> as, also as if there's do. like a quest, right? If you have a mission or if there's no more game-like mechanics, you want a team. Yeah, you want but a team. But if it's more like I'm going to talk to actors and get like led down weird pathways. Yeah. Then you want to be alone. Well, but I mean, but but two, but two in particular. I'm kind of glad we're talking about but two now because then I can kind of skip. Really? It. Have what? we not stopped How talking? About about well, no, no. no I was mean, excited like, to talk about Star Wars. I guys. mean, in this in this section of the show, so I'll just skip it in my part. <laughs> but like, um, um, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But like, what's what's they've really by building that sandbox the way they did, 
you know, look, because there are things that are not there, because all the stuff that they tested in Frontierland that then became Ghost Town Alive is not there, because the stunt show... What? Or, th- or they're in the app. Now. Or it's or, not like ex- as explicitly a contest or competition. Right. But like because because some of those things that, you know, that, that were advertised years ago and then like, you know, just for budgetary reasons. And look, I was having a conversation with, with someone, you know, a few days ago and it, it literally just came. I mean, honestly, it comes down to the fact that why is it at, why is Ghost Town Alive at Knott's when it's got the legacy of Frontierland and the stuff is not going on at Disneyland is it comes down to Disneyland's a union park. Yeah. Full stop. Mm. Yeah, right? Yeah, yes. And not mm-hmm. is and that, not. And that's become an issue. That, and that's become, I know that's become an issue um uh growing with uh certain experiences like with the, with the Savi's experience. It's an issue here in Los Angeles. Um they did it differently because they they learned um Oh, it's Florida's different, but also Florida's different union. Yes, it's mm. a different union. Um, so it's like it's AGFA or Equity, I believe, is like the split in the parks. I, it's, I, I think it's, it's I think it's Equity. Is, is it Equity over there? I believe it's Equity yeah. of back east. Yeah. Um, and, and after, Do not quote me. Like yeah. we're drinking, and also I don't have notes, and I'm <laughs> going like by like so much. Yeah. Hap, like so much is different based upon what state you're in. Yeah. Um, but but the other thing is here. I mean, like I know the big fight has been you know that we have um, people who are for merch. Who are reading, you know, who are who are reading scripts, you know, who are, right. who, are who, are reading, who are acting, and then it becomes a thing of like, you know, whether or not it's are they acting. So they're or not, not retail, but are they retail? Yeah, are, yeah, and 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 that's one of the things about in Disneyland, like Disneyland is just its own weird thing, like that. And well, I mean, there's I mean, there's a big issue here, and one that as as a community we're going to have to like get proactive about. I mean, if you look at some of the issues we're facing collectively as a community right now are things like AB5, you know, and and Equity's reaction to AB5 because Equity Equity has a mission and Equity's mission is to protect its members and to advocate for its members and to make sure that its members are getting living wages. And so much acting activity happens outside of equity, they they have no incentive to to you know um, advocate for gig actors who are not equity members or for situations that would you know cause equity members to get paid less than equity rates. And their union, and well, they should. I often sit there though between like this and Agfa and everything, and and look at how this landscape is changing. I mean, no one's protecting the kids who are doing the VR stuff right now. Or the escape well, room stuff. Or I mean, the escape room stuff. I think stuff. even yeah. the, this goes back to the conversation about pay we were having earlier and how much these shows cost. There's this kind of like this this conflict between the two of it's like these shows are really expensive, but also it's like <clears throat> I want to give these people enough money that they can right. support their actors they and actually pay a them a wage. wage. Right. So it's like this, it's this challenge. It's kind of like, where do you, where's the line? It's like, sure, this show is $125, but it's actually enough to make sure these people can keep doing the work. Right. Yeah. Well, and and still, it's like, it is expensive, but like, what do you do? And they'll still be losing money on it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or barely even, breaking even yeah. if it's a good yeah. month. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 the then, har- and, oh, go ahead. I, I, I don't know. That just kind of fucking sucks. Like, Absolutely it's like, you want to, like people don't have the money to pay for these shows necessarily if you're, Every show is over a hundred dollars, but also you want people to do good work and be able to live. Right, in like, like I was talking to like, someone who is running their thing backstage, and then when they can't, they have to hire someone. So when yeah. they're running the backstage, they pay themselves zero. 
Right. But when mm-hmm. they want to pay someone, they want to pay someone good money. Right. Well, and fundamentally, it gets down to the massive income inequality in in, in the states because like $125 or $150 or $175 for someone who makes above six figures a year is nothing. But for everyone at this table, that's real money. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've day played a bunch as a, as a production assistant and, you know, in... Uh, sorry, uh, they played a bunch as a production assistant for you know for for TV shows and for some film things, and you know, you make a hundred bucks a day, that ain't nothing, you yeah. know, like that, like for me to get the babies, and this is why it gets hard, you know, it's like yeah, you know, like I got kids, so like for me to pay a babysitter because mm-hmm. you have to pay the babysitter a living wage right. too, right? Yeah. If you want to bring it, your wife with you, yeah, that's two extra. Yeah, so your, your cost is actually even higher yeah. than the extremely high ticket price. Yeah, it's like, crazy. So like, you know, like we're paying like a hundred bucks, for, you know, for plus gas, plus, plus yeah, parking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, to, to people we know, you know, so mm-hmm. we're, we're paying paying hundred bucks for you know somebody to watch our kids, and then you know, like I say, plus gas, plus parking. You know, God help you if you want to go out and eat. Have a second drink, yeah. you know, and then you go to a show, and the show tickets are costing anywhere from like sixty on the on the medium in to you know two hundred plus for depending on what you go see, yeah. and you know that's me and my wife, and God help me if their friends yeah. are coming, it get, it gets hefty really fast. It gets really expensive. It gets really expensive, and it's like this better be the best thing we do this season. Yeah, yeah and that puts a lot and. The, you know the, the weird thing is that puts a lot of pressure on creators. It puts a lot of yeah. pressure on actors. So, you know, how do we, how do we, as an industry, create a world where we can pay our actors and our crew, you know, a good wage so they can live and they can do this for fun and for living? We make money, you know, like as a creator or as a producer um, that makes money, and that we give the best value to. Um, to the people coming to see our shows. I mean, so you know, does it does it become all big big activations, or does it become like small small shows? Well, I, yeah, because I think I think that's where it gets hard. It's like, where do you? What Noah just said is like, is this show worth? Like, if I'm paying a hundred five point nine five dollars just for me to see a show, let alone if like my wife wants to go, or if like Anthony and his wife, and then he's got to deal with babysitter and food and like all that stuff, like that adds up so quickly. And it's like, I just spent five hundred dollars. Like, is this show worth it? And it's like, I think kind of what Noah was going back to earlier too is like, do these shows need some like experimenting phases like to like yeah. kind of iterate and trying to figure out what works before people are shelling out serious cash to see these shows. And I think it's just, I mean, it's well, like the chicken yeah. and the egg, right? Yeah. yeah. Like where, do you, where does it start? Yeah. Right. And they it's don't like, have a place, have a place to, to play test. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't, I think yeah. I've got, I've got the money to kind of spend on these shows. I want to be able to give them the money, but also at some point it's like, I'm going to be more selective because even though it's like, I can. I can afford like a couple hundred dollar shows. I'm not going to do that for a year's worth of shows because that adds up. And it's like, yeah. And, and as, and as a producer, you're not going to spend, like you're going to make the most, you want to make the best quality show you can, but you want to get it out there because if you sit on a show too long, somebody else is, I mean, we've seen it. Somebody else is going to take your idea. And I mean, we had like how many shows at Frankenstein shows in the last two years. (laughs) Well, that was also because it was, it was the, it was the uh, anniversary. Frankenstein post seance. Four Larks uh, (laughs) show next year is Frankenstein. It's coming up. I'm super excited. We'll talk about that. It is actually. Wait, yeah, there is. Oh, yeah, Four Lux is doing a Frankenstein show next year at the Ooh. Wallace, and I am psyched. What? At the Wallace? I, oh my gosh. Listen, yes. Noah, I forgot I could possibly review the show and just immediately <laughs> buy tickets for it. Because <laughs> you didn't want to miss out. Yeah, and then I realized I bought tickets for the wrong day because I was going to go out of town and had to what, reschedule them. Was it remotely, is it remotely uh, immersive? Or what is it? Like a so they've said it may, 
so I because I actually because I had to call to reschedule my tickets. They said <laughs> the the show it they're like we'll just put you in these seats because it'll be it's not going to be traditional seating. So I don't know exactly what the show is going to entail, uh-huh. but God, Four Legs Catabas is like the best fucking so show. So even I if saw it's like year. in the round or yeah, and I don't okay. even know what they can do in that space, like what right. space they're in. It's a traditional, but they're theater? like. I think so. I mean, this so this speaks to like kind of the broader thing that's going on is like, you know, for instance, the Scottish play which Jamie Lannister is going to be in over at uh, the Geffen, like it's a non-traditional seating arrangement. It's, right? it's not not traditional. It's just theater in the round. Theater round. So it's right. going to be closer. I to that show as, yeah. as well. I forgot. Like, I've forgotten um, to buy some. I need to buy some. Uh, like Patreon.com slash no in, um, London had like this like <laughs> pit where people could like stand. And then they had normal seats around that. Yeah, so I think I think the Geffen Macbeth is just Oh, oh! Party fell. I'm gonna the need Geffen to fucking bleep named. that out. I can 20, fix this. I can fix this. Okay, there's like five The Geffen Macbeth here. that Jamie Lannister is playing. It's not the name of the show, it's the name of the actor, it's fine. The character. Is just the theater in the round. Uh. Give my regards to Broadway. Now you've done Remember it. Remember me to Harold. Once again, apologies to Kevin's anyone who's made it this far. punishment is to see Cats at a movie theater that is not the, the Alamo, Alamo Draft, Draft House. House. Because I already said, I'll see it again. <laughs> the hottest take on this podcast you is that I had a more fun time seeing Cats, cats than I Alamo saw. Alamo Draft House, but you didn't dress up as a cat on had, Cat Night. Wait, hold you on. You went on Cat Night. I, I, I saw did, the pictures. But I have a hotter, t- <laughs> a hotter take. Oh, you have an excuse. I enjoyed Cats more than I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. Oh! oh. We're not discussing it tonight for various reasons. We're just not. Look, guys, I love So Angela back to Lee. Galaxy's Edge and okay. Disney. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, well I'm we were talking that. about okay. venues, right? I, like, I love like uh, LA doesn't have something like Governor's Island in New York where you get the house for free as long as you don't make certain modifications and you have some component that's free and open to the public. So the way that Link Dance got around it was they did an AR installation during the non-performance times, and then they sold real tickets to the show. And everything's free, because that's a national park site. Like, LA doesn't hmm. really have that as like, hey, well, we got just them. They just, they, just they just ain't giving it to us. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, oh, yeah, no, they're like, historical sites and places But they're not like seeking immersive yeah. theater, well, whereas no, Governor's me, Island me, is me, like, what? we want water, water everywhere, and we want remembrance, okay. and we want this and that. I will say this much. The Department of Cultural Affairs of Los Angeles controls a lot of theater spaces, but also has relationships to some of the parks. And if people wanted to explore the parks and seriously explore the parks, I know the DCA would be willing to talk about that. And it's just something that because a lot of the a lot of theater in L.A. tends to be commercially focused people are trying to make commercial shows because the 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 non-commercial shows the 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 kind of you know artier stuff that would fill like off off broadway you know that could maybe one day establish someone's you know career and whatnot there's a career path into live theater that way um you know that gets filled by you know annenberg and center theater group and a couple other places like that where people i said annenberg uh where where people are going that route we're going into Red Cat, and that's that's a that's a carved channel. And people thinking outside the box that we would need to to activate those spaces, and you know, developing interesting new work. We haven't seen that yet because it's not something that tends to get done mm. here. Um, there was that pod play 
outside in Santa Monica, that park right by the train station. That was like a Dutch artist, I think. I I, yeah, I mean, you had this person on the podcast, like, I think it was like double digits way, way, way back. But like that kind of thing. Oh, Marika Splints. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was at Union, that was at Union but Station. But there was yeah. an instance that was in the park in Santa Monica by the train station. Yes, there was. And that so that was, sort of thing. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and Marika, uh, uh, last check, and I haven't checked on her in a minute, was, uh, you know, a professor at UCLA. Right. So, you know, and there that means that someone who's working inside of an institution has a kind of backing. Right. And then we know like the big movers. That's the thing. The people who are the the top three brands for immersive in L.A. are Halloween related. And they're it's the tension guys who are film guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darren didn't do a show this year because Darren's busy filming saw Saw. with Chris rock, right? Like he got something else too. And then they're converting tension into a movie because Darren's film career is, is shooting, you know, up again. Right. right? You know, and the dudes had a very long film career and like fan fantastic. Justin fix, you know, he's like, you know, they, they had to scramble. I don't know if it's scrambles right word, but like they got the opportunity to do, uh, Willow Smith's birthday party right. at they the end of, of the run of the They're doing things. private events and corporate events and things right. of that nature, right? And then John Braver, you know, he's been experimenting in the VR space with like 360 video, but also John's a film stunt guy, right? So these folks, those are the three big brands. And then at the next tier, when you get like the Speakeasy Society and some other folks, like they, they've got you know day jobs going on, or like you know the Nest, those guys work one of them is still at WDI the other one's working uh I think at Magnopus these days and so uh, or even like Jeff and Andy right I mean you know they all have day jobs all have day jobs big day jobs Jeff is like you know what vice the vice president of Thea uh, TA like mm-hmm. here the for the West Coast first. for the West yeah. Coast yeah right I mean like those are massive responsibilities right and so we don't have people you know and and so it's 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 not focused like someone who has uh, an art job, right? You know, has like a, a professorship where it's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna, I've got time to work on my practice. Mm, maybe, maybe not. I know a lot of folks in New York have like a boring desk job, and then they still manage to be like, I'm gonna do my well, theater play well, out on the I street. I think it's like yeah. everyone in LA too is like, I don't. Everyone has like day jobs. Yeah, <laughs> but, but just but to fund like, their immersive theater either habits in terms of creating shows or attending shows. Right, like, but you said, but you said boring. You said a boring desk job, right? Yeah. And like the thing about a lot of the people who are the, the leading lights here, they have creative jobs and you can get scraped out. I mean, one of the reasons why we haven't seen something, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why <clears throat> there's, there's always factors, but a contributing factor to E3W not popping up this year is that like the guys have been working hard for Tastemade, yeah. right? And that takes a lot of creative. And if you're getting your creative out in your day job and you're making money that that bubbling up need to like oh god i haven't done anything in a while like the pressure isn't there in quite the same way yeah and and if you're making money i mean part of the thing for a lot of these guys doing this stuff it's because they want the creative outlet you know yeah and yeah you're gonna make some money on it but you want you want to have that creative piece and you know, if you are creative and you're making money being creative for other things, then you're going to be creative doing other things, you know? Um, I mean... I also want to note for E3, they also, they did Overlook this year, so they did a giant project, and I don't expect them to be down for long. No, and E3W turns out stuff like butter, and they do it fast. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I, um, I seriously thought, 
I was trying to put another room two on my list this year because Wrong it was year. so good. No, no, yeah. And it just like extended into January. It was like, no, yeah. that's the end of the year, but God damn that. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, um, but, but see, the, the, and that I mean, I should amend my statement. Like I know, for example, Jordan of Link Dance Theater is an art director at an ad agency. So technically creative, but more like on the corporate side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, th- that's kind of how this this year has been. It's been like there's been a lot of people who put out a lot of really good stuff, and there's a lot of people who've been really busy that we've, but you know that we've been kind of like waiting on pins right. and needles. Like, like is for stuff. like is this the rest year yeah. for a bunch of people? Yeah, and so 2019 for me has been missing a lot of stuff that I saw in the last couple of years. You know, some of the big stuff that's been going like on. Like the linchpins of the LA scene have they, been pretty have been quiet? quiet. Yeah. Or they're I remounted. Or, or they're re- they remounted. Like, I, Delusion ran this year, didn't it? It was yeah. a mini it was re- delusion. It was a mini delusion. No, but Delusion ran at the beginning of this like, yeah. Oh, yes. the yeah. spring, spring run. run. The spring yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah. Blade was, ran in this yeah. year. Creep yeah. ran this year. Speakeasy ran a lot this year. Yeah. They finished... Uh, we haven't even talked about this. They they finished the yeah. Kansas, Kansas collection, which is yeah. a gigantic undertaking. I just wonder if the perception like, is because it's not net new, it doesn't feel. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, I, those like are that. like I, some of the major creators I think of when yeah. I think of I mean, LA I, is like is those three. We didn't have the tension guys, yeah. but like they I ran, they finished like they yeah. ended last year. Yeah, and the, I the finally got a chance to try some of this stuff: the nest and red flags yeah. and speakeasy. I, I think the big the, the the big thing was that and I think one of the perceptions is because the Halloween season didn't have like some giant you know spooky thing. spooky thing that was immersive that less haunt more theater yeah yeah that so because and and because i mean like creep was not creep was different this year and delusion was tiny this year and there was nothing from you know darren and company this year and for some people that meant like oh this was a, a bad right. off. like this the year whole was a year, miss the whole year because they expected house of creep to be something else yeah i loved amazing. what it was house, house creep was performance amazing performance art look, the company look, the uprising they gave us a, they gave us multiple layers of show in such a way that like like I said, like my, my little thing is like, you know, I walked out and what was the first thing I said to you guys? I'm like, I want to go back back in, right? Because yeah. and, and if they had done another show and, you know, like it had been tickets available, I would have gone right back in. Um, Creep out. Dude, House of Creep was a performance art. It was, it was an you know, just an artist's exhibition. It was it about was, capitalism? I, it, was, it, was a, it was immersive. Yeah. It was an immersive. It was immersive. Story with high agency, but it wasn't horror. It it it, it but there was but horror. Was, but there was, was horror, horror in it. Element. There was right. horror in but it. But like the people who go out to it, go to it wasn't horror. it wasn't a haunt per yeah. se. And that's the thing. It's like you know when you start looking, we start looking at those definitions. Like you know, it wasn't a haunt. It wasn't a spooky you know scary thing. But there were clear horror elements in it. I mean, for God's sakes, the ending. Oh, like God. there's things that are burned in my brain that I cannot unsee now. Same. <laughs> you know? well, this are you talking something... about some actor walking around with tubes on his hands? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, no pants. But this was also. I think this is also something that, like, you know, hurt Delusion Blue Blade is that Blue Blade premiered, you know, October last year and was definitely not a haunt. And we we know it. There were people who were like, this isn't this isn't Delusion. And it's like, well, Delusion can be whatever John wants Delusion to be. And like the fact that the build on that show and like there's look, there's there's things that like had that show had working against itself at certain points, but I defy you to say that there was ever a more beautiful build than that show. And particularly when you got to like the third act and wound up in the jungle and you're like, how the hell is this here? It was just amazing. I mean, that one did feel like an Indiana Jones show. 
which made it like easy to bring people to. But I mean, I other shows have like better builds out. It's like the McKittrick is like one of them. It's like I don't. I went back to sleep more a couple times this year. And I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of got it the first time through, but this this year like coming back multiple times, be able to kind of experience the show in a different way. It was like Jesus. Like mm. the show is like it's so thought through in a way that even I think kind of LMA is, is more experimental is these shows are not like the yeah, nest well, is like they certain have shows iterated are. for the, the, yeah so I mean they've been years. around for so long it's but like it's the third McKittrick they well, it's, built it's iterated yeah. but, but, but also I think it, you can you can tell like when you walk into that space and the show and the way it moves and the way they move the audience through and it's it's too crowded yeah and it's like sometimes you can miss shit and like you don't get everything but it's like walking in that space is like God damn! Like That's they know so what weird. they're doing. Yeah, but because uh, I, I know what's missing. But, but part, I know what didn't get yeah, replaced. Nice. But so part, part <laughs> of the they have, yeah, they have, they have the props that I'm yeah. like, this used to have yeah. a thing. Oh, it's gone now. Yeah, but, but see, I, I keep looking at that, and I come back to Los Angeles. is is more of, it's more ethereal. We don't no, have we don't yeah, have absolutely. we don't have roots in the same way. I mean, we have roots, but we don't have we don't have structures that are that are set in stone also, the same 10 way. Also, ten million dollars. Yeah, well, the the money the money is a. And look, we we can't shy away from it. The money is a big thing. The size of the footprint is a big thing. The fact that they decided to build a venue, so there's a restaurant and there's bars. They know what they're making. But then on top Pop of up it, magic shows, but, but, burlesque. But, but the fact that it is the third iteration and that they've been working on it over and over again, and that allows polished things to happen. This for me, what what saved that show for me the first time was the sound design. The sound design is exquisite and it's clever and it's smart and it's talking to you if you know how to tune it in. There is something for everybody in that show if you open yourself up to it. Um, at least there's something that's talking to you no matter what kind of person you are. Right. The lighting, the sound, the costume, the set, yeah. the performance, any of that could speak to you. Yeah. So I, I think sound design, I think that really goes back to galaxy's edge too which the sound design is a huge part of the space in terms of just like making it feel like you're in the world and then kind of looping back to the other point of in terms of like money and kind of how these shows are built and like are they marketable i think obviously yeah like sleeping more is built you have the bar on top you have you are in the show where you can buy drinks and i think it's kind of like i think a lot of companies kind of i don't know they don't know head that way or it's hard to head that way but i think like i think even creep did this year because they had the final show and they had like a an auction afterwards where you could kind of they had a silent auction you could buy pieces from the show you could buy the art that was like designed for that show and that was a cool idea a certain amount of deliberateness yeah and i think you had to be intentional not in terms of just how you build the show but in terms of how you build the show to make money because i think that's as much a part of it as like to keep it running yeah like get people into the world and out of the world like soft landing in yeah yeah, yeah, gradual coming out there's so many pieces that that function in terms of like making sure people are going to go to the show, want to come back, want to continue to spend money, but also making it an event where people can spend that money and keep funding your show. Like that's as much a part of it as anything else. And like capitalism, whatever, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but like when they turn the lights on at the end of the night, you're like, Oh wait, I've been at the bar for two hours. Right. But that's, I mean, that's That's how you you keep these shows going. That's how you keep the medium moving is, is to find some way to make that money. And I, I think it's hard to, find that balance between yeah. making sales artistry and capitalism is like well, where do you fucking well, balance well, that, those two yeah they i mean we, like, we talked about that i mean like that that, that can't, that's come up in both both at both of the uh, um immersive summits you know it's like merch design ideas it was that you know like is making money you know is selling out selling out i mean like right. if you the whole thing is we want to support ourselves and you want to you want to make money doing what you do so you can keep doing it so you need to have a certain 
little bit of you know influx of capitalism. Right. And so I like I kind of wrote about it in my creep piece was like it's this balance of like you can kind of I think JFI's made been able to do these kind of bigger activations with like he says wearing the creep t shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have mine too. It's, it's super this comfortable. This is what selfie palaces do great, yeah. and what rest of immersive has well, well, on creep it. has the yeah. photo booth. That was right. the shirts. Yeah. yeah, you need a photo booth, and you need His some merch. You need yeah. a keepsake. Well, and I mean, I, I gotta say, like my one note about House of Creep, and I and I understand some of the reasons why, but like. Whew, man, like if they had found a way to let people take more photos yeah. inside that space mm-hmm. and like maybe just made it so that the internal like the like the rooms that you go in someone like have that be when like, no, you can't take a picture here, you know, and granted it's hard to it's hard to switch modes it's hard to enforce but like i just remember when they opened and i was watching influencers go and take photos afterwards not the same impact as like letting there be some time where people could take some photos with some of the quote-unquote art yeah that and that i think could have supercharged what they were doing because the idea that it was going to be a full-on parody of selfie palaces and let people go all the way I think that right there, that idea of like let's subvert the right. selfie palace and, structure, and they hinted at that at the inline interaction, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. it didn't pay off yeah. later. Yeah. Right, and I think they kind of touch on that in terms of their actual work that they do. In terms of like some of it's you get for every awake you get, they get do a mall activation, or they do yeah. they work for Jane Willow or Smith. Not Willow. <laughs> the Willows is their show. Willow Smith is the child. Please bring back out. the Willows, but Justin. Oh, if you're listening, I would like to go to the Willows. The Willows Smith. Bring. Well, the but, Willows chapter two. But so then I'm, I'm trying to look back to the, the corporate point is like how much money is in Galaxy's Edge? It's entirely designed on, around the experience, but like also a merch. Billion a billion. Right. Yeah. But and also, also but, they have amazing merch. But how, like both yeah. Anthony and Noah both had incredibly emotional experiences in terms of this, I mean, it's Disney. Is He's gone back to the, the closet here again. Here comes the lightsaber. Disney is no. no. Corporate oh, and it's capitalism. Just the back cards. You haven't and opened those yet either. What? You did? Okay. That that like, okay. But I mean, that's like that's what it's about. Like you can you can find this space for kind of that beauty and emotion in terms of spending like so much money, yeah. right? That, that you yeah. can and like I don't. I mean, but, I think some of that's drawing on the IP. But Star they're, Wars, they're not, but yeah. they're not putting on a play, though. No, but... That's but the problem. I, but it, it's a giant show. It, it is a giant show, but but then you have things like that, that there are emotional experiences. Like, um, you know, I think of, like, I took my wife, and I'll be, you'll, you'll read this later. Um, I took my wife to go see Lily, her second immersive show, and we went to go see um, In Another Room, part two, right? And my wife... Who you know initially she's like yeah I, I get what you're doing but yeah you know yeah she she went to go see the show and she was like blown away she was like oh my god I mean one it was like you know one of the highest quality shows that's well, yeah. been in Los Angeles but but, I mean, but also but then you get the like I get it now moment yeah and and she had the I get it now moment she got it really early on in there and then she had a very emotional moment in it and. You know, where she, we got in the car and before she, you know, said like, hi, honey, that was a great show. Thank you for taking me. It literally was like, she called her sister. It was like, this, I saw this show. It was, you know, she called her sister in Portland. All right. So she's like, I saw this, I saw this show that's just like when we were kids. And those of you guys who saw the show know what I'm talking about. It's like, we were in a horror movie, just like, you know, like we always talked about when we were kids Mm -hmm. and it was an amazing thing. And and, and there were actors, and, and you could like look yeah, around. and you're actors, and you yeah. look around. And so she'd already got it, so she kind of understood how how to, how to lean in a little bit, because um, she went to another show. Um, but that one in particular touched her. And I can guarantee you, if they had like something outside that you could buy at the check-in table, 
afterwards she would have bought it did they give you any like mementos or keepsakes um yeah yes. the, we actually we had there were a couple ones okay um and uh she got a i'm trying i'm mixing up shows i know she got a note from another different show um but like you know she, she does she she's given them to me we we have our case like i know right. you guys we we all Everybody's have like, their box, box Everyone's got their display. so she get she gave me stuff. stuff for her box so it's gone in the box and and she made a point for a couple of them. She's like, I want to keep this. And I'm like, because she, and my wife, you got to understand, is like the most Spartan person. She wants to throw everything away. Hey, and so she, too. She, 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 but she kept her thing from but, but she, kept her, she kept her thing from, 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 uh, from it, another it room too. It survived Marie Kondo. Yeah, it, it survived Marie Kondo. And she, and she made a point. She's like, I want to keep this because I want to be able to show my sister later on. And it's something that I want to be able to think about about that moment because it made, it made her emotionally connect with the show but also it made her think about her childhood and if you which was right. galaxy's edge but, for, but for us they had yeah postcards or prints Postcard. it's it's a unique piece for everyone in that show too yeah. so you walk away with something it's oh. like and, and you that, go through a track everyone's get, souvenir is different and, yes. and, and that's not a bite against not just their show so i mean like special. there are lots yeah. of other shows that could be doing the same thing i mean that's i mean i i want to on the flip side i want to warn against putting too much emphasis on ephemera right like there's 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 really? there's designers who, particularly the take home, there are yeah. designers who think that the point of this stuff is for people to take a tchotchke home, and that's what. It Look, that tchotchke you make, that piece of ephemera that someone wants to steal, or the thing they can take home with them, right? It only matters if the moment. And that's, and, and that's exactly what what right. it is, because that that particular moment for her, I mean, my wife doesn't cry at a whole lot of things, <laughs> and my wife cried. You know, so that moment and the thing that she took home was was personal, and that's mm. that's and that, I think that's what the point that Noah's making yeah. is that 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 moment can't just be built on you want to sell stuff. It has to be something. Yeah. Per, it has to be something personal. I, I mean, look, like we all know, if there was Baby Yoda merch for this Christmas, it would have been an extra <laughs> billion dollars. But there was something brilliant about them hiding it. But uh, the, here's the same thing: if we had seen Baby Yoda in the marketing for it. That first arrival of Baby Yoda would have killed it. Killed yeah, it. It would have absolutely killed it. Yeah. That, that reveal was a big. I mean, like I know I watched that first up. You know that the episode when it showed up and it was like, oh shit. I mean, I screamed I, and I was like, "Are we getting Lone Wolf and Cub?" And then yeah. a week later, yeah, we're getting Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, I, was, but it, like on the merch point, the counterpoint of that is like if it is something kind of weird and mysterious that has meaning, yeah. and someone Instagrams it, all their friends are going to be like, "What is that? Yeah. I want to go do that too." Yeah, and I think that's like so many immersive shows do that but i think in another room too was especially good that you get a unique thing based on the scene you've seen their shows are super emotional anyways right. that's kind of their forte like yeah, they hit those notes so, so well, well. Yeah. and their spaces like the whole show is designed in like in the service of kind of those feelings right. and it's visually but, yeah and, but i think it uh, yeah some have like which is like a big thing everyone. for us at no pro is like try to yeah. sell sell me your show don't give me a flyer. Right. Yeah. And I think <laughs> even in terms of like <laughs> Julia Bennett Ryla puts like not a flyer. I need a I need a horizontal, horizontal photo. Full color, no no text. watermark. No text. <laughs> we're we're not fucking kidding around. No weird that's filters. What High you, resolution. That's please. what you need. No that's graphics what, on the yeah, images. That's yeah. what it takes. And if you think we're joking, we're, we're not. not. Also, it helps if the actors are in the shot in their costume and e it's dramatically e lit. Even if you need to stage something when you please don't have do it, done, it, please, yeah. for the love of fuck. It also helps if it's a hot chick. 
I did not say that. I, I will also listen. I'm the metrics person on the team. What I am saying is, <laughs> the images that do the best are dark, dramatically lit, and have an attractive lady person. Also, in the only woman at the table. And yeah, again, yeah. the metrics prove it. I can show you. Hashtag no comment. <laughs> look, look. I, I just, I just want when, when we get when we get those things. I want to see something that's clear. That's relatively concise, relatively, you know, like you know, and and I'm talking about images or no, well, no, I'm talking about like, I'm talking about the pro- I'm talking about, like, like if, when if you promote your show, if you're your show, tease your world. Yeah. Let me know what I'm know know what your know what your show is about because if you don't know what your show is about and you give us like well it's kind of this and it's kind of that, even if it's something that's don't I mean don't spoil our show but. Have an idea of what you, uh, right, like have a, sci-fi uh, dystopia slave uprising. Yeah, or 1964 Berlin. <laughs> it's 2020, y'all. Know how to pitch your shit. All right, like we left have a that website. behind in the Please last have a website. decade. Please. Know Addresses, how to do dates, it. and times are also good. Always. But but you'd be I surprised wanna, who doesn't send those. I want to bring I want to bring it back. <laughs> like your city, guys. Tell us what city it is. Like the city <laughs> escape in room the, in New Jersey. Yeah. Like I, I want to bring it back to something we were talking about before we we got on our. B- bef- are we in hour before, three? Before this, we're about to be before the. Sp- no, we are we are in our three before before the spirit of Juliet possessed us. I want <laughs> Juliet to, is always inside of me. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sean, I'm sorry. No comment. Um, before we go there, I want to circle back to this idea on the merch, the idea that like you guys would have bought something, and I just want to. I think that. Careful. Uh, Be careful about it. Think well, think really hard. If it is something that you are selling because you want to sell or selling because it is a touchstone. But also, like, the creep shirt is perfect. Yeah. And I'm, I was going to go further. So yeah. I went to the final show of House of Creep when they ran it. And they also had, like, the party afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think Noah showed up. You showed up a little later. But so they had, before they had a silent auction where they were auctioning off all the pieces of art that one artist had done for the show. And they did a live auction in the middle of it. But yeah, so I walked to that show. They had the shirts were on sale. I was like, okay, like that's a no brainer. I want a creep shirt. Like it's cool. It's like LA. It's one of my favorite shows in LA. But also, and then it was like, okay, now I can go buy something that was in the show in a silent auction. It's like I can support the artists who are doing this. Like, and kind of if the price is right, I can do it. And it's like, it was something that was like, this merch is available. It's something, and that was actually something you could take home, something cool that was part of the show. And it's like, now I have this giant piece of art on my wall <laughs> that I actually couldn't fit in my car. I had to go back down to LA <laughs> just to get it. But it was it was like, okay, this is important. Like this has like this was in the show. It's cool. And now I get to kind of take it with me wherever I Kevin go. lives really far away from downtown. So I, this was extremely I, meaningful for him. He does. He does. I do. <laughs> thank you, JFI. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everyone who helped me rearrange to get that piece because it was gigantic when got in my car. But but one of the things you know, when it comes to like the the pure merch, like the creep shirts have been around for a while, and there are things you can get at the McKittrick, like you oh can buy God, the deck beautiful. of cards, right? And they're they they're, had prints of those for a while too. Yeah, and they're and they're absolutely beautiful. And these are shows that have been tested, or brands, companies that have been tested. Well, the playing card is really meaningful. Too, yeah, and the playing card and the playing cards are really meaningful. Mm-hmm. And you don't 
want you don't want to just load up on a bunch of merch. You don't want to put the cart before the horse. And you know what? To go back to this idea of early access, and I think I really, I mean, I'm not joking around when I want people to really look at these other models and look at these other models of entertainment and think about, hey, you know what? I want to, don't just, I know it's hard, particularly in L.A., to like find a space, secure a space, but like, don't just think about the one run of your show. Think about the fact that what what's going to work is bring is the idea of expanding your audience beyond just the people who are diehards about this. Our Vanguard fan community here in LA is amazing, and they do so much to support work, but they can burn out, and they're not going to give you the best feedback. They're 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 a very very friendly audience. And they're they going to give you happy feedback. And that's not necessarily the feedback that you're going to get from normies. And in order to expand, and in the, they'll buy that merch from you, but they will not buy the palette of merch from you. And what you need is to expand that audience beyond and we think about what can I do to re, what can I do to make this an experience and not just a show? What can I do to give people that feeling of, I just want to get back to that world. That's when you're able to sell a creep shirt, sell the art from house of creep, sell the deck of cards from the McKittrick. Saber. <laughs> sell sell a lightsaber. lightsaber. It only took 40 years. I mean, I'm, uh, granted we were buying lightsabers before then, but like we were only spending this much on lightsabers after 40 years. You were buying a late lightsaber that wasn't personalized in a box off the shelf. I, yeah. This is different. I mean, and so you're buying experience. Hold on, both of you guys. With this, like, you're, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. Are you really buying a lightsaber or are you buying the experience of building both. a lightsaber? Both. Yeah. No, you're buying both. I mean, like, like my, my kid looked at me when I, I took it out. I showed my kids and they are like, we want one too. I said, well, like, you have to, <laughs> one, you have to wait. But, $200, but, $200. Well, well no, it, it, honestly, it wasn't even the money because they have scaled down like like kid friendly mm-hmm. lightsabers there too that are really, that honestly are cooler than anything we ever had. Um, True. But, but like, would they appreciate going through? Well, the, well, yeah. In time, they may. Right. But I also know that if I take care of this thing, I mean, it's two hundred bucks. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to play with it. I'm going to take care of it. Um, <laughs> like, I have a really cool artifact that I can yeah. pass down to a kid. You know, like if they're it, assuming that Disney is still, you know, around, they're still be around, guys. Come on, let's be real. Um, <laughs> assume, you say Twitter third hand. Yeah, yeah. The copyright on Mickey yeah, yeah. Mouse. Right. Come on, okay. come so, on. So, but 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 assuming Disney is still doing what they're doing in ten years, twenty years. Assuming Galaxy's Edge is not rethemed to be Avatar Land Four. No, don't, 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 I just don't put that out there. Don't put mouth. that out. Don't put that in the universe, dude. Apologies um, to all the Imagineers that worked on Avatar Land. Dude, Avatar Land is awesome. <laughs> I heard it's but really cool. It's, I heard it's really cool, but it's, it's, but it's different, guys. No, no, I'm not saying because Avatar Land would be bad. I'm saying because suddenly the Avatar movies do better than the Star Wars movies. That uh, would be the corporate decision making there. Right. It's not a slam on Avatar. Just we have a bigger no franchise. Ideas. Yeah, they've suddenly it's a bigger franchise. I was like, hey, it makes more sense for the footprint. You know? I, I would say. <laughs> I'm gonna put my two cents in in here, guys. And if you're listening, those powers that be. Um, just note that there's a whole lot that you can do with DCA <laughs> um, and not take away from this this thing that... No, oh, that DCA. It's from Marvel. <laughs> it's that, from, that's it's, another one, story. When it's from Marvel, too, if Bob, if you're listening to this podcast, I know Hi, you Bob. Want, Hi, Bob. How did you find us? That would uh, be a good question to I ask. I like Ample Hills, <laughs> too. You have, you have excellent taste. Podcast. You have excellent taste in ice cream. And I know I know you, you want to retire. <laughs> And I'm just saying that... um, This is the Imagineering Story episode that got killed. You know, (laughs) 
the thing is, is that it, it takes a certain kind of vision to lead a company like this, a vision that you've had, a vision that requires a man who understands good ice cream. I'm just saying Ample Hills is good. <laughs> Where's my beer? Um, you didn't drink beer. That yeah, was your choice. Yeah, sure. Kevin's pouring me beer right now. But but this would would have. Oh God! Oh, 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 whoa, that was the perfect okay, pour. Okay, I have to now like, suck it. Okay, 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 okay. Whoa! Whoa! whoa. <laughs> She's sucking whoa. beer, guys. Come on. Stop it. Beer. Stop Just it. beer. It this was... is already gonna have the explicit tag on it anyway. Uh. <laughs> look, it may be hour three, but there are rules. Well, the, I'm, look, look, man. Okay. Uh, uh, no, no. You were saying something. Were I, you I, saying I, I was something? saying something. What? What? I, what? You I were was saying something about 2019 and what, what, his hopes for the future. What I'm saying is my my, my hopes hopes for the future. Not 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 no, not not not. We're not there yet. But what that's I'm saying. The that's segment. the next segment. Hold on, Anthony. What I'm saying. All I'm saying is is that. You know, assuming that Galaxy's Edge is still going, assuming there's still the same kind of technology, that hopefully it's hopefully it's backwards compatible, guys. Come on, work with me. If you guys do some upgrades, make sure it's backwards compatible. I will have a lightsaber. I I will have a lightsaber, all right, that in very much the vein of the Star Wars universe, I can pass on to my child. And that's something really cool. Is there a hand? Like, is my oh god? You have to to cut off your hand, Andy. (laughs) Sorry. I I will not cut off my hand. I may lose it trying to defend one of my children at some point and trying to save them. Which one? Oh god, (laughs) either at this point. Which Um, one would you take into Savi's workspace? The older one, obviously. The the, the older one. Well, I'll take the older one. Okay, here's the thing. The older one is more likely to appreciate the lightsaber. The younger one is more likely to appreciate going and cosplay. And I'm not Uh. kidding you. It's a thing. We've talked about it. Wait, I wait. Almost, I is almost he bu- under the age where you're still allowed to wear costumes? Oh, dear. Like, you're, like the right? old one is still un- un- oh, in good, age good, good. costumes. That's awesome. Judging by some of the people there, that age is 46. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I know is we came this close. No, note, descriptive version. Anthony's hands are... About fingers two, are about two, two, mil- mil- two millimeters. 2.5 centimeters. Okay. Y'all, we hella off track. And we're entering... Like, this is going to be a four... Our podcast. Why don't, we, why don't we slide right into the last segment? So, so Anthony, Anthony, Ooh. is there anything else about your 2019? <laughs> um, really, 2019 was a very busy year. It was a year full of really some really amazing, some really amazing things, some really amazing ideas. Um, even from from some of the shows that are not the highest rated by some 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 people and some of the shows that are really high rated. There's some really amazing ideas that came out of 2019, um, and I, I'm really glad that um, I got to share in those moments. Um, some, with fr- some with friends, some with friends, and, and some that I got to share with some of the creators um, because there was some really just great work that got put out there, and hopefully that's going to continue rolling that ball. All right. And also, I think I just—I think I just decided that the, the thing that makes the most logical sense is that we break this into like two episodes. Because Are we out of alcohol? No. Oh, okay. Here's what's going to happen. That's We're going to take now the first, the original <laughs> version of this was that it was, it was our segment and then Blake's segment what and then God. it was this segment. But what's going to happen instead is, is this past hour that we've done. <laughs> Like a waypoint part one of two, part two of two thing. Exactly. The the, the shout this, out to waypoint. Shout out to waypoint. This this past hour will have been the beginning of episode two. We're gonna take a break. Wait, uh, episode two? Yeah. Are you saying the first hour was Phantom Menace? No, what I'm saying what I'm saying <gasps> is that what I'm saying is that oh, no. is that it was 
we had like about 40 minutes and then we had Blake. That was an hour. And now this has been an hour, which was so like seg- segment three. Segment three was an hour. <laughs> and and now segment four is going to be the back end of the second episode. We're a new hope. Yeah, new hope. We're a new hope. Okay. No, 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 not yet. We're not a new hope. Okay, we're going when to we, be a new hope. When we come back with a new hope, it's going to be Noah's 2019 and our future. All right. What's the problem with Los the Angeles? Problem? Anthony? No, 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 don't, don't, don't help people. Just, yeah, just start in the middle of things. Start in the I mean, the dead speak. Continue. Wait, is this going to be in Fortnite? Yeah. Are we in Fortnite already? We just don't know. We missed that because it was in Fortnite. Okay. The thing is like. Okay, Palpy. Well, it's like I mean, like Grandpa Palpy. For 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 you and you're coming from New York to L.A. I mean, it's gonna quickly change, Mister. Oh, God. No, it's not. No, sorry, it's not. It's not sorry about quickly. the spoilers. Um, um, for 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 me, like you know, I'm. And like you live in Long Beach. I live in Long Beach. I'm willing to go. When did the the Baymax cup it, come out? It just came out. Oh my God! No, I just saw or not, no, you're Noah. Catherine was trying to drink beer <laughs> out of a shot, shot glass, <laughs> one shot at a time, and it was not going well. It was a little bit of, I just saw what you I broke thought out. I was doing perfect. Oh God! Fine. I was gonna stop, but I just saw what what they just put on the table. Ooh. Um, yes, please. Um, but we were saying, I was saying, the thing about LA, we get stuck, you know. And this is a thing for Los Angeles. You know, I I was born and bred. I grew up here. You know, I was born here. I grew up here. I will I will drive everywhere. And people who well, oftentimes and Catherine's an exclusion to it. Thank you for that. And Noah's exclusion to this. Most a lot of people come to Los Angeles for the first time, and they move out here and they go, they go like, oh well, you know. There's Los Angeles people don't go to things. It's like you're like, well, where are you going? It's like, well, I'm in Santa Monica. Well, that's the West Side. It's like, or like, you know, it's like people get stuck up like, you know, like, oh, they think of L.A. as, you know, yes, it's happening. Happy they, New Year. Happy New Year. Um, they're <laughs> thinking, the they think, they think of, you know, L.A. has its own neighborhoods. L.A. has its own boroughs right. in that sense. And people get caught up here in a different way that they don't do in other cities because they're not willing to travel because, you know, driving is right. a thing. Well, and, like, you okay, can't point to one neighborhood and be like, oh, that's the center of gravity for theater or emergency. Yeah, but but the problem is people still think that way. So they go, like, west side, south side, you know, like, you know, Pasadena, Pasadena Glendale, like, like, oh, downtown. Awa, 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 Awa. That's all I can think of. I mean, there are a fair number of things downtown. Yes. Or in the arts district. There are. Which is but, nice. But, but, and the Elmo Draft House is, like, dope. Yeah. But, but things so like... Cool. You know, when people like start talking about like where do we put a show on? Where do we put a show on? It's like everybody wants to put their like we were saying like they want to put like the show like it has to be in the valley or it has to be in some place with parking. Yeah, some place with parking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please, with parking. Well. Um, or they want to put it on the west side. But like I'm like you know put a show on in Pasadena, Glendale, come down to Long Beach. I like I like, think it's funny because a place where permits are easier to come, yeah, by. come by. Well, like West Hollywood is no longer like the center of immersive theater, which it was for like a minute there. Yeah. We should spread is out Hollywood a little bit. Fringe Fest not actually in Hollywood? No, it's in Hollywood, like West, West Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh, okay. WeHo is different. Yeah. Okay. WeHo is a different you place. You watch the, uh, the, the Californians on uh, SNL. Okay. Okay. understand okay. this, Catherine. <laughs> what are you Yay. doing here? 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who knows which time this episode is going. We've been talking about three minutes here without introducing everyone. Welcome to episode (laughs) who knows what or segment who knows what of the No Personio Cops. I'm Noah. Anthony's pouring the beer. Anthony was talking about being a naval. Angelino Catherine is there. Uh, Hi, this is Catherine Yu. Um, and Kevin. This is Kevin Gossett, also a native. Angelino. Yeah. What did you call me the other day? The sun. I can't remember. It, uh, like here's all I know. This this is this this is either the fourth hour or the <laughs> and the third giant beer or the second or perhaps even third episode of this uh, end of year podcast we're doing. This is the third big beer. Uh, actually, actually, you know that's probably the how we're gonna break these down is by per beer. beer. Right. Listen, time so, has no meaning in 2019. So that's true. So we started with the what did we start with? The Ennegrin Brewing Company. They're based in Moorpark, California. And then we moved on to the the breweries Chart of Darkness, which are based in Orange County. And now Brewery Amagang's Cooperstown, Ooh. New York, Valormagalis Double Ale. I'm gonna drain this porg here. So we're representing everyone at this table with California and uh, New York. And yeah. we're drinking a Game of Thrones beer. Game of nice. Thrones beer. Just working through the nerd interests here. I, I've been ac- I've been accidentally cellaring this for a year. I, I nearly broke out the Chacavesa, but I realized it was a 2016 Series Three oh. chard, and I didn't want you guys to. Ex- Kevin hasn't had Chacavesa yet. If I had a standard, I would have done it. I didn't want Kevin's first experience to be the super high-end cellared Chacovesa because that's cruel. To I be want ruined him, forever. I <laughs> want him to have a normal one first. Beer matters. So um, hopefully we will be posting what, what alcohols we are drinking. Of course we are. Prior link to, in the show notes. So link in the show notes so you can too drink along and make this an actual interactive experience for you. Yeah, but some of these are so old they won't be able to find them. In spirit. <laughs> in spirit. Literally none of look. these beers. The uh, the Tartar Darkness was the 2016. I don't know if Ennegrin makes this one anymore. And that you can find you can still find these. these can are, you? Yes, I you thought can. they discontinued them. Yes, they, but people still have them because they've hoarded them. So yes, I I hoarded one. Listeners. I opened one to uh, start season eight of the show. This very beer. <sighs> Shut up, Catherine. <laughs> Hi guys. Oh, it's it's pretty. I had I've had that. Yeah, it's it's. I should have yeah. worn my hand of the kingpin. You should have. Thank King, you, Kara. King Pin or King? We um, the question that's been put to each of us is how was your immersive 2019? And uh, it's it's caused all kinds of chaos every single time, which is great. Which is why we we've wound up with at least two and maybe now three episodes of the podcast. Which, given that it's the you know January is going to be slow, so that's cool. Um, and you know Zay and I are going to do a special Star Wars one, like just for the Patreon. Um, thing but Star, Star Wars, Wars, which is not this one. Um, nerds, exactly. Um, what, what, uh, oh, but we haven't toasted yet, so yes, we need a toast. Wait, this, wait, wait. I, I'm empty, I'm empty. Yeah, I know, so was okay. I. So now we're not, all right, all right, here we go. Kevin, get us thing, all right. Kevin, one, two, two three. three, salud, salud, salud. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's good. I got to say. Than the last season of Game of Thrones. Better than the last. It is better than the last. I got to say, the one thing, though, is that brewery. season was fine. That brewery tarot is. That Tart of Darkness is so distinct that it is still in this porg and really coloring the nose of this beer. So. Um, 
Man, what is it? But also, this smells, do? I don't know, this smells a little, it's, it's got a similar nose well, to it, right? Yeah. Let, me, let me get beer nerd for a second, because it's, it's, it's aged a little bit, so right. it's well, it's got a little funk on it. It's, yeah. it's, it's the uh, the Tardy Darkness has been aged, so that also had a little, a little funk, funk on it. it. Like, yeah. they built Westworld, they built Game of Thrones as an activation. What are they going to do in March? They made some. some uh-huh. beer. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm actually going up to Russian River Brewery uh, this week, so I will bring back some beer for uh, the next podcast. So good. So, uh, a threat if, or a if you guys promise? Uh, a promise. CBD. Have you ever had Planet of the Elder, Catherine? Oh God, Planet of the Elder. That's some that, That's some good stuff. Um, so, so my challenge is: let's see if we can get a good activation going for um, Watchmen, where we get to uh, lube man, lube man. <laughs> <laughs> is this? Is this, are we just talking about Watchmen for like an hour? Let's let's about about technically, Pedia is kind of an ARS. I put it on my list. <laughs> I know. Nice. And someone snuck a Watchmen references in one of his year-end recaps. I noticed. That was me. Is that a, that's a separate podcast? Is that a Watchmen podcast? We should do a Watchmen. Oh, we I should. asked. I asked Zay to do it, but Zay Zay feels he's too emotional about it to do it. Oh wow! I mean, I can see that. Yeah. I think Anthony, that's what he said. I don't know. Get I'm, on it. Dude. You're not on Watchmen? Dude, I had... How I far had, behind are you? Do you need my passcode? I mean, no. do you need assistance? No, shush, shush. I have, I have my ways. I'll I have my ways. You. I've been watching it. I don't have HBO, but I have ways of watching I'll <coughs> email you. Yes, HBO. No, I <laughs> have Everyone HBO. Everyone will share their HBO. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah. Password yeah, it's fine. Um, but yes, uh, I go over to friends' houses. That's how I watch it. So I mean, yeah, totally. It's totally illegal. Um, so um, I'm getting caught up on Game, um, not Game of Thrones. God, what's in my world? Um, <laughs> Watchmen. I'm getting caught up on Watchmen. Um, all I know is that every episode gets better. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know... <gasps> what episode are you on? Episode four. It's the first one where they introduce Lady True. His next one is the Looking Glass centric episode, and then and then he gets one of the best episodes of TV of the fucking decade. Oh my god! You, you. I hope you're. The story is. No, no, no. Are you enjoying this? Yes, I am enjoying it. I just like I had. See, here's the thing: when you are trying, God, guys. It's like I'm on the spot again. Um, like I really enjoyed Watchmen. I loved it from the first episode because when they pulled it out and they pulled an actual piece of really amazing uh, hit unknown history that, yes. that, that they've yeah. been digging With up um, about, the, about, about yeah. the, you know what look as a black man watching this show alright I'm getting into this why I know why Zay's in this right now um, as a brother watching this show a show about black superheroes in a very not black friendly world <laughs> um, both in reality and in the show um, in it's there's some kind of be- with a beautiful black actress, all right. We have a we have a, you know Regina King who we first uh, discovered in two two seven back in the day, yep. and uh, who is the voice of both of the brother the Freeman brothers in um, I'm blanking on in the Boondocks. Boondocks. Yes. Boondocks, so good. Grandpa, why are you wearing that shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like Regina King is this beautiful black actress and there's all these beautiful black actors and actresses who are working on this show um, with some really non-conventional casting um, for, for villains and heroes alike, which has been fantastic. You don't even know. Um, yes. I know. You're I know. Just um, wait. Just uh, right, wait. And finish it, and then we're gonna have our okay. Watchmen pie. Yeah, I'm gonna finish finish this real quick. Uh, um, I'm gonna just make a, the make the dismount. Right. You know, I'm gonna right. make the dismount. Yeah. Um, but but the fact that we've been introducing some characters from the books, and for those of you guys who haven't watched this show yet, just know it is a sequel to the graphic novel. It's not a sequel right. to the it's movie. Thirty years. It is after thirty years the after the graphic novel, novel, which made me so happy. I haven't even watched episode five yet. We're stopping right now. Oh my god. We're stopping right now because there's just Anthony. If we don't stop right now, we're gonna we're gonna 
gonna ruin it for no, you. No, we're talking immersive. The- we're talking immersive theater. But think of a real life Dreamland theater well, you could walk into. But here's no, no, no. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, look where the, the crossover points are two. One, the crossover, and 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 this will get into my 2019 a little bit and, and some things the past day. One, it's there was a Comic Con activation. That was, you know, like there was there was an AR element to it. It wasn't really super big. Like they didn't they didn't go all out. But I think I think now in retrospect we understand why they didn't go all out is because right. they're the show they, wasn't out yet. The show wasn't out yet, and they but didn't want to spoil, spoil anything yeah. from the show. That's number one. And then number two, um, the transmedia elements with the PDPedia. So Anthony, I hope are you reading the PDPedia after? Oh, each oh, episode yeah, you're going through because hmm. the case files. No, I have not. So I'm going to be stepping into that. All right. I, I, Homework assignment I, I, for Anthony look, Robinson. Look, I've also been playing another ARG right now. So I've been trying to do it. I got I to step back in. So PDPedia, each episode will take you about 20 minutes at most. Under 20 minutes, basically under 15 minutes. Uh, and then you are, so, you're, you're four episodes in. Listen to the Craig Mazin, Damon Lindelof podcast. There are three episodes. Yeah. They are batched episodes one through three four through six and seven through nine if you haven't listened to that podcast it's beautiful my favorite parts are when craig mazin gets things wrong and damon lindelof <laughs> like says that's like, not what it gently. was gently pushes him back on and also how generous damon is uh with with applying credit and for damon saying like look you know we had this wonderful writer's room. Like it is really, if you want to know, if you want to go past the performative uh, nature of Twitter and the way people talk big about things and pursue things, and you want to see what, what a writer's room that is inclusive, like real allyship would, would, would would feel like that podcast is that podcast. I think is where, and look, I say this as a white guy, but like, you know, knowing that the writers on that show and then getting to find out that like one of the best, right. One of the, one of the key writers on that show is also a key writer on the good place. Yeah. Right. Like there's some amazing work being done. And I think, I think more than that too is like, I think it, we're kind of in the business of criticism, obviously, but it's like the material was so good that the level of criticism after each episode mm-hmm. was so good. Like it, it was like it was required reading and it was important in terms of both that the writer's room was inclusive, but also that the the people reviewing the show were inclusive, too. And I think it's important to have that in your reviews is to have that that kind of level where people come at, come at it from different backgrounds. And I think yeah. it's, that was that was similar to the criticism of the show, and I think people rose to meet the show at its level as it just continued to escalate. Yeah, and I think and, like and really studying it, yeah. finding right. the and nuances just, and, and, and the layers, to, to and come at it, it from I think the perspective of someone who's not a white dude as a, someone who is a white dude. I think it it was is enlightening to like be able to read that and kind of be able to take that perspective in terms of beginning with the Tulsa race massacre and then kind of stepping through the history and kind of what it means to see superheroes and kind of that breakdown in terms of people who are not white and what it means in terms of that. It was just really, it was really cool. And I think it's, it's worthwhile delving into the criticism of the show as much as it's worth delving into the show itself. And then when you look at, but then also like when you look at this, the, the sheer, the depth of the craft, not only about the willingness to tackle the issues, but then asking the question and here's, and here's, I think this is where it applies to like my immersive 2019, right? Like, are you making work because you want to make work because someone's given you an IP or because an audience is hungry or are you making work because now is the time to tell this story 
And what was so critical that Damon did, and you hear him talk about this, is he said, why Watchmen now? And if we were doing Watchmen now, what would it need to be about? And Watchmen in the 80s was about paranoia, about nuclear holocaust, and about just how far the American experiment had already gone, and that kind of out of control feeling, and about really what we were what we talked about when we were talking about superheroes. And Watchmen changed superheroes for better or worse forever after that. And there's still resonances going on. And then Damon coming in and saying, like, if it was gonna be about anything, what's the biggest thing facing America right now? And he said, the fact that we haven't reckoned with our legacy around race yet. And that has that's Huge implications. Every, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, like yeah. huge implications. In, in, yeah. And, uh, uh, no, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I get entranced, <laughs> I, I get entranced in, in Noah's eyes. Uh, he's talking. Uh, but, you do uh, have lovely eyes. He's got lovely eyes. But, no, it's, 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 it is a big deal. And what the show has brought forth, like even like a little bit that I've gotten to watch so far, is it's, I know it opened up a bunch of discussions to a bunch of people because they're like, that's not real. That didn't happen. It's like, oh no, that happened. Yeah. You know, it's, that's history. That's history. That's yeah, actual go look history. it up. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's always been the neat thing in the playground of the Watchmen uh, of, of, uh, of that whole book is that it plays, you know, it forced gumps its way around, you know, actual real world events. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> to bring in, bring in something like that and to have something as important as, you know, having heroes that have representation, you know, Representative of us, mm-hmm. of us is a big deal. So, and to bring it so, back to No Pro. Oh no, I think I think it hasn't gotten to episode six yet. Just I don't want to see too much, but I think in the way that the graphic novel recontextualizes superheroes, episode six does that in terms of just like Watchmen as a show and superheroes as a whole in, general, in terms like of as a like, genre. in terms of yeah. race and and genre, and it's incredible. And I think it's just that like getting to see that this year was like like it's really self aware. Right, and it's, I don't, yeah, I just want to, like, have this Watchmen pod in one second. Yeah. <laughs> so we can, like, yeah. really talk about it. Because it's, it's, the episode six is, it's usually, I, like, one of the best episodes of television. Okay, okay, again. The decade. Anthony, I, we're Anthony's only four, and, and here's, and here's no, where, here's where the segue comes, uh, even though I've telegraphed it, right? I mean, Blake talked about, in episode one of this <laughs> triptych, probably. The Phantom Menace of podcasts. <laughs> Blake Catherine. talked Sorry. about... <laughs> Uh, Blake talked about, you know, he felt that immersive went really big this year, yeah. right? And my immersive 2019 was really about it getting really intimate, right? For me, there wasn't there wasn't a big show for me this year, and it was weird. And when it when when I made my top five and when I made my top five moments, I found myself. I mean, I could have given myself over fully to Galaxy's Edge, but. It's funny. It's like I was even having a conversation earlier this week about someone when it comes to like programming the summit, and they said like, you know, I could get so and so and so and so from like the Lucasfilm Story Group, and I was like, okay, but I don't want to charge people a bunch of money to watch no one else and have an hour long fanboy moment, right? Wait, like, what? really? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you afterwards <laughs> okay. like who it was exactly. Um, but like, it's like I don't want to. I don't want to do that, even though like there could be some stuff valuable on the transmedia side about talking about managing it. And so, but for me, this was a year about intimacy and about the depth part of it. And there are some questions. There's some, there's some 
ethical questions. I mean, I was having a conversation with Landon Zakheim, uh, you know, programmer, uh, fa- founder of Overlook and one of the programmers there, you know, about sort of like there's, there's a line about how the emotional intimacy because of what people are looking for can sometimes kind of like cross into the weird boundaries, right? Like our people are asking too much of the reformers uh, in terms of like, you know, how far it goes. And for me, like I'm made, I'm discomfited slightly by that question because some of my moments this year are like, doing bedroom play too. Um, and moments where, you know, Caitlin is like drawing on my arms and we're having this very, you know, emotional, spiritual, almost confessional conversation. Um, and then, you know, processing through the show that they've built, but still having those, those moments, like what is it that we're, that we're seeking for? Um, and just the quality of, of going there. One, one bit that I left off of that was, that was up was, um, Ava Lee Scott's bit as part of Overlook, which was this incredibly powerful, you know, you know, piece that just seemed to like drain Ava. Like she gave so much over of herself to the piece and the the sense of being there with a, a fully formed person and how much that person needed from me in those moments uh, was, you know, that that is always going to, you know, be with me. Right. And it does do this weird thing where when you and, and as someone who trained as an actor, like I know when you hit the vein, when you dive in deep, you're not just touching on what the character needs, but you are touching on what the human needs. And in a, in a scene between two actors, when you touch on that vein and what the human needs and as the obscene partner, you let yourself into it, you know, showmances can come out of that stuff. Lifelong bonds and friendships can come out of that stuff because the performer is tapping into something real inside them in order to get them there. And this is a, this is a dangerous space for those who are uninitiated into the performing arts, right? It can cause cloud and confusion. It's like, am I in love with this person or is this performance? If you, and, and for me, the stuff that was most interesting for this year and and stuff that's usually the most interesting is the stuff that touches on that kind of setup. There were other things that were interesting, you know, to me this year, like, I haven't spent a lot of time talking about my experience up in Vancouver and I haven't talked about like the comic book thing, which I think is like, 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 uh, uh that piece, Donnie and, oh God, I oh, can't remember. Oh, you wrote about it in your Yeah, I wrote about it in the top five, list. right? You yeah, know, like, the comic book that came to life. Yeah, that thing is fucking incredible. And like, I hope that more and more people get to see that and that kid's work. I mean, really, honestly, like when I, it, it gave me new ways of thinking about what it is that this whole work is about it, you, because it's like, here's the frame now step into the frame and see what's beyond the frame. Like it's just so quintessentially what immersive as a whole is supposed to be is like moving past the frame of traditional media, right? It's just all there in what he's done and set up. And I, I, Dummy and Fallen, I, Fallian, I think that's what they, oh God, sorry, I don't, I'm not working my notes. Apologies, sir. I work from memory and not from notes. Sorry, Edward. But um, that's, that's an entirely, you know, separate strain. But this strain of like, 
the kind of work Kate Lane does, the kind of work Ava Lee Scott does, these these moments that people craft, uh, but these moments where you find yourself um, falling into the pieces, finding yourself connecting into something deeper than you are, there's a danger there. Um, and that's something that we as a community are going to need to, to reckon with. Um, uh, and that's like a theme for like going forward, but the stuff that resonated deepest, Catherine looks it up, right? Yeah. So, uh, the pieces, yeah. Dom, Damian Fallian. Um, yeah. So what do you know? The brain worked, the brain worked out right, you know? Um, and, um, these these things are are big um when it does come to like and you know and lots of little moments on the big side um and i was so glad because like one of the reasons why i put rhythms of the city in is because you put rhythms of the city in and this idea of like beyond the theater side what is immersive for me i think that's the biggest the other biggest thing there's the depth and then there's like okay when we talk about immersive what do we talk about because there's things like rhythm rhythms of the city which isn't theater, but it's a moment and it's this moment in time and it surrounds you right, right. and it's everything. It's less about world building. It's less about story, but it's like sensory and a pure it's experience. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 re, it's a real experience. And I mean, there's been a couple of other ones that, you know, that, that, that have happened this year, which they were real experiences and, and what it boils down to. And we keep coming back to this over and over again. You know, when we put, try to put a label on what is, you know, big eye immersive, you know, it's it, it's not just world, like I say, it's not just world building. It's not just you know, it's, it's not, not just, just narrative. It's not just mm-hmm. narrative, but it's also you know, it's also about being in a moment in a in a world, and you can build a even world, world even that world's real world. Yeah, but like you get a sense <clears throat> of place, even yeah. if it's not a quote unquote real place. Yeah, I mean, in, in things like and there's we've const- we 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 often concentrate so much on that linear idea of place and time you know it's yeah, like i mean we all we all love dark rides yeah we all already love dark rides but immersive is so much more than dark rides i mean like you know i wrote a thing on smell you wrote a thing on like you know like sound you guys wrote right. a thing on sound you know like it, it Blake wrote a thing about smell well, smells yeah <laughs> exactly we, 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 yeah most of us have written about smell i mean but somewhere on this somewhere on this table right now are not one but two of my uh candles oh, okay. from uh, oh, tales yeah. by candlelight which you guys should smell. Have you guys, Shout Kevin? Out I, cantrip oh, candles. Cantrip candles. So have you guys smelled this one? So this one, so this one is. Oh my god. So that was the gift from uh, Carl Choi and the Great Company so it's, collaboration. It's coffee. Yeah, that one's coffee. But this is the world I, I built. Smelled that one earlier. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's the world I built. So Catherine, you haven't okay, got a chance so to smell the world the I built. Yeah, yeah, here's a coffee. And just coffee ones. I, well, other ones smelling these candles. This show didn't make my list, but it was. Yeah. It was at, near the top. Is. I mean, Walk Night and Spencer night, Williams. Yeah. Um, They're doing stuff that no one else candlelight. does. And it's, I guess it's like, it's skirting line of like immersive, but it was, it was but, one of the best shows I did. Yeah, I mean, but that's, but that's been a bunch of shows. Yeah, and it's just building, like, last five building. years was like that. I mean, like last five yeah. years is, is more of a traditional, you know, just right. theater in the round. Or but, even just like guest and the but, host. Yeah. Who else is doing that? But at the same time, yeah. Those, the, you know, it's grounded in the fact that there is, there's a real world aspect to whether it's sound, sight, smell, you know, like it's, it is real and it's tangible, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it goes right, to like a lot of it. You feel it with you your f- whole body. You feel it with your whole body. So it so is literally you're, you're, a body. Yeah, you're real. I mean, like, 
I mean, I had this conversation with Sarah Thatcher today who like gave the, the opening speech of IDS one mm-hmm. and her opening speech of IDS one was all about embodiment. And it was Sarah Thatcher who talked to me today about like, what Fortnite has to say about our world and how it's related to our world, which is like very not embodied and uh, something else that the alcohol has wiped out of my brain in this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. My, my but like there's so much crossover between the gaming world and the VR world. Mm. Oh, it was it was that Sarah was suggesting that we reach out to the designer of Fiasco to come and do some work at the next summit and fiasco for those who don't know is a role-playing game and has some larpy elements into it but is is a is a role-playing game book and kind of series of books that you can go and just like buy at a role-playing game store and they're not you know no one would ever no one would think to say immersive and and the stuff that's being done there's, there's all these things where if you're creating experiences if you're trying to forge those memories and kind of just like, you know, touching in a few different angles, like you're touching on our world. And I think like, uh, maybe we're going to get a little bit squishier about what we cover. Maybe we're going to get squishier about what we let into the here summit and like not be as strict in some ways, because more people are going to have access to these sensory experiences. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when it comes down to it, we are always looking. I mean, I know Noah's always revamping that that, that glossary. Yeah, <laughs> he's always revamping it because we're always the idea of what immersive is. And, and early on, when 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 I did my one of my very first like go look sees for a show, it was a show that I was like I was really jazzed about. You remember that? It's like it was down here in Long, it was down in Long Beach, and oh, yeah. and 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 it was an amazing show, but it wasn't quite what we were calling immersive at the time kind of towing the line it was it was somewhere in between theater and surround and um but there were elements of it that made Mm it that made it real i mean it's a show that i think today we would have covered we would we would have covered you know we made critiques in a little bit but i think we would have covered it today but at the time it was like no it's not you know it's not immersive because you know it, it no, was. We'll still do that. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear. They'll be still. Yeah. Like, sorry, this is nice, but it's not immersive. Yeah. yeah. And and we'll, st- we'll, st- we'll still do that. But it was very much one of those moments of like, you know, Noah and I. I, I remember coming back home and like, you know, like I got off my bike. I was like, okay, no. And we had like an hour long conversation. And I sat on my back porch as we tried to figure out like, you know, yeah. you know whether or not right. we should, like, does we should write about it. Criteria. Does this meet the criteria? Yeah. And and it, it Welcome was. Welcome to every DM between Blake and I. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 oh God. and it, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like you know immersive is is one of those monsters that you know it when you see it but at the same time there's some some stuff that you see like but how you do don't you put real, a container I, on the feeling we'll go. Until afterwards. i think even sometimes it's it's with people that are so in depth with the immersive it's like oh this didn't do this but it's like sometimes it's like i don't know my wife will go see a show like she went to the last five years which is the smell thing which is a light element of like immersive or experiential but she's like i really like that show because it added to it in a way that was like important and emotional 
and not in terms of like it's got to hit these beats, it's got to yeah. have one on ones, it's got to be like these right. certain I experiences. Be yeah. Around. Yeah, it's like I don't. Sometimes it's like I don't. That's what matters. Is I think spread immersive wider is like is it experiential? Is it immersive for kind of like a normal person? Like, but it was what do they want out of a show? Yeah, but it was exper- experiential. experiential. I mean, experiential. Yeah. And that was yeah. and that was the thing was like what, what I boiled down to when I when I when I went to go see it was that like you know if you if you pay for the the what, you know, what we later called the experiential seats mm-hmm. right you got you well you got a you, like there was different they had different packages and it yeah. was one of the things that. You know, if you bought the general ticket, you just got the smells. But if you got the the extra, y'all. Oh god! No! Oh no! <laughs> um, we'll edit we, that uh, out in post. No, no, no we, we won't. Edit. We, we ran out of no editing post. We ran out of chocolate, that and then chocolate. Noah was sad and knocked we over the microphone. Out. Anthony <laughs> ate the last chocolate. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, but just drink more. Just drink more. Yeah, it work out. So, but 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 to to that point, Kevin, it's like you know, here's a show that is a traditional center stage theater in the round show, and they did it that way, you know. And to its credit, they also wanted to make sure that there were elements in it that were experiential. So if you this entire month is going to be this episode, <laughs> but like Anthony, that's really hard to sell to some of our readers yeah. because that happens on Broadway all the time. Yeah. Like once on this island or the Great Comet. Yeah, but but but, but that's the and thing. like then we get reader feedback that's like this wasn't really immersive. I know, but but that's but that's the thing. It's like those those are shows that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was like, give me the microphone. Oh, but the, the, like, yeah, but, but the, the thing is, the thing is the, the, those those are shows that those particular shows that you name are shows that kind of like skate that that edge, and that's what I'm talking about. It's like okay, number sh- number one, the publication's name is No Proscenium, which means that if the show, the event is playing around with the fourth wall in some matter, it it falls under our purview. Right. Number two. Um, when it comes to the other side, the other mission, the thing that isn't the 501c3, but the 501c6, when it comes to Leia, there's a reason aside from honoring Carrie Fisher that I was like, we're going to call this Leia. It was experiential and immersive knowing that those two things together are create a breadth and a breadth of artists and creators and producers who together have many similar concerns and similar needs that aren't necessarily always identical. And the experiential side does encompass things like the last five years, like you're playing around with multi-sensory. And some of that traces back to like, if you go back to the HowlRound pieces that Michael Tara Garver did about the open five frame. senses, yeah. open, open frame, frame. Yeah. Right. We're talking about the senses and engaging the senses and dealing with the senses. And that cycles around to talks like, you know, like I said, what Sarah Thatcher gave at the beginning of the first idea about being embodied. Right. Mm -hmm. Embodied can mean more than traversal and more than touch. Like there's other aspects of the body. There is smell and yeah, sight and sound, which are what film does. Film gives you sight and sound, but then there's smell and then there's touch and there's temperature and there's haptics. There's a whole bunch of things there, right? There's this whole field. It doesn't, to Kevin's point, it doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to be traversal. And then I would say like going to another spot, Go back to Zay and Mai's first podcast together over way back when, which was in the which is in like the first thirty po- episodes or double, something like that. Early double digits. Early double digits, where we're we're at CalArts and we're talking about this as, about immersive as a disease and the symptoms of immersive, 
right? You know, and this this model. We're like, all just addicts, though. I think. Yeah, yeah. well, we all are addicts. We, we all want I, everything no, to be a little are, bit more immersive than it is. But I think you're chasing that specific feeling that immersive or experiential can give. And I think, I mean, sometimes it extends out into other media, and obviously, it's like it depends. But I think it's that's true. It's like you're chasing that that like that specific high that like immersive can hit you with when it like when it clicks it's when it clicks it's like and and our specific thresholds are like tuned pretty high well and oh, I, we're freaking junkies <laughs> and like yeah. we need like if someone isn't oof. so but i mean, but I mean <laughs> like someone else is okay going through like the brooklyn 99 activation be yeah. like oh there's some cops and we're at a prison and but there's some puzzles cool so so i think coming back to like our earlier point about like how much a show costs and how much it's immersive. I always we try to like, on episode nine. Yeah. <laughs> some, some like four hours ago when we started this podcast. Oh, um, but I think it's like, it's like, where does that, like sometimes it's like the you try and factor that out. It's like, sometimes it's like we get to review the shows we don't necessarily pay, but it's like, you need to factor in how much a normal person is going to pay for it. Is this yeah. worth it? But also it's like, if I wasn't ch- like, if I wasn't chasing like the one-on-ones and like, I need this specific like hit, it's like, would a normal person find this interesting and like <laughs> ride the yeah. snake? Yeah. But see, ride that dragon, no ride it. What I'm but trying like, to do though is to try to figure out like the average audience yeah, no, experience but, but that's, that's, and then think from that perspective. But that's, but that's what I'm trying to do too is like kind of where is that line like in terms of like <laughs> Anthony has once again no, ruined the podcast with laughing. <laughs> Is this mic still hot? What's going yeah, on? Um, but, 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 but I know what you mean. Is that yeah, like, like, you have your own personal experience, but you're right, trying to think like, from the average consumer's well, yeah, point so of view. It's like, oh God, so sometimes weird. I think in terms of like, what would my wife like? Or what would my dad like? Yeah. And so it's like... What dilute. would Francesca like? Oh, she does yeah. not like a lot of things. Don't break her up too much. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, not it's, the willows. It's the same thing. Bleep. This is... <laughs> okay. It's no, all no, no, her. No, it's it, not like, you, Justin. I, yeah. No, but this is how I like gauge it. And Catherine's right. It's like because she's like finds things scary, and it's like it, something everyone else at this table would have been jazzed to get, which is what happens at the end of the Willows. My wife ran into accidentally and was terrified of. But any of us would have been like, "Give me that scene. Right. That's, like, yeah. that's, give me all the actor interaction. I'm going to come back to the Willows multiple times just to try to get that scene. Wait, and wait, 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 wait. Are you saying Francesca got? the the final moment only one person gets yes I and am. she did not oh, like those my actors fucking god so at a certain person's going amazing. away party when one of the actors showed up she was like oh no <laughs> and i had to calm her down that's amazing i'm sorry francesca i love you but no 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 but like but, the, but, but, the, the, but that's how i try to yeah, engage her is like people, how does she feel, like yeah. how does she feel about this show and obviously she's in like the horror stuff but it's even something like that. It's like, she's like, another room has a great story. It's maybe a little too scary for her, but she's like, I'm going to put myself through it because the payoff is worth it. Yeah. And then it's something that's like, I try and like think in terms of like, well, my dad likes, so I've taken him to creep when they did lore and he was in that show. And then delusion came back with blue blade. And it's like, this is straight down the middle. Like this is Indiana Jones. It's sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. time travel. It's like, this is something a normal person. Like you can easily kind of like explain it's really to someone. Right. It's yeah. like, this is, this is a sci-fi time travel adventure. I feel like if Delusion Blue Blade had opened in the spring and not in the fall, it would have killed. Yeah, but I think it's the, nothing that's part of it because it was like Please people thought it was horror instead of what it was, yeah. and maybe that kind of like factored into it. So, but that's how, that's how in terms of like when I kind of approach shows, it's kind of like who does this appeal to? Like obviously, it's like certain parts appeal to me, 
but is this going to appeal to someone who's coming into this kind of cold or who doesn't have much experience of like true like they haven't done tension they haven't done sleep no more they've done then she felt like or they've done nothing seminal shows right or they haven't done anything you've like, got to you if you're designing this shit you've got to assume that it's everybody's somebody's first yeah, day yeah and if you're not doing that then you're locking out a huge number of people and the right. biggest mistakes i've ever seen and i mean the biggest mistakes honest mistakes not malicious intent has been people assuming that someone's already clued in especially if you're putting discounted tickets on groupon gold star people are buying it without doing any research at all and then they show up and they're like wait a larp what's a larp which i've seen before and it's like oh no like that's that's half the struggle is matching your content to the right audience while also making it approachable enough that someone who is primed to play can actually get onboarded in and understand. I mean, uh, uh, I've said this before, I'll say it again, and maybe I haven't said it on the show so much. One of the things I like about immersive is that it's, it's particularly immersive theater and escape rooms is that it feels like it is the step beyond LARP. And I know I've just pissed off a whole bunch of people but like I did LARP and Anthony knows this. I mean, Anthony is not a friendship and so in some ways it's based on the fact that we are both involved in it. And Anthony was in a LARP at Yale that was an offshoot of the the LARP that I ran in Berkeley. And that is the foundation of our friendship going back on the better part of cough, cough, cough years. Right? <laughs> and, and so like I've, I've done paid my dues and the first time when I did sleep no more and then, then she fell, I felt like, oh, that thing I was chasing in LARP, this is the this is the refined form of it. It's like someone took the LARP, the the raw ore of LARP, the crude ore of LARP, and put it into a refiner and came up with immersive. Now that doesn't mean that LARP can't provide high experiences. Uh, some of the most treasured memories in the creative world are from Playing LARPs, making LARPs. I will tell those stories over and over to the end of time, just like anyone else who does LARPs. Oh, I'm sure you do. I got some pictures. Link in the show notes. I got some. No. (laughs) These these were shot on film because we're that old. Um, I got a scanner. (laughs) But but that being said, like... There's there's this idea of oh please don't no no pictures right now I look terrible Anthony's taking a picture with his I phone know. For please a, don't for put that up listening. I look so bad right now um, the, the the point is is that um, I sometimes find LARPs to be work um, and I find and I find this idea that it, it can be and and that's where I empathize with people who are scared about being put on front and center and display right. and be asked to do the, stuff the volunteer who's not really volunteer. Right, you know. Voluntold what to do. Yeah, and 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 just like and this idea of like putting the agency and putting responsibility for enjoyment on the backs of the players. And some people love that level of agency. But if it's someone's first night at Fight Club, they might just want to watch. I mean, some people will raise their hand and others will be more hesitant and you need to be able to read the room. There's also a great tweet by Nick Moran who used to work on Time Run. If you are a video game person looking for excellent gameplay without guns, why not look at the $2.5 billion escape game industry? Yeah, yeah. So it kind of like, oh yeah, it's like a video game, but in real life. 
And then instantly I'm like, oh, okay, but how do we put guns into escape room? <laughs> and that, my friends, is what the void has done. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, we, all comes it all comes full circle. circle. But I mean, although the 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 cool, although Jumanji, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't believe Jumanji ever puts the gun in your hands, yeah. and Jumanji's the best one. And Nicodemus, which we still haven't done, doesn't have guns either, right? We have the hookup. All right. Soon. And it takes four of us. And Soon. so many people are Soon. here. Early in January. One, All right. Two, three, One, oh, two, three, four. Four. Okay. Um, um, there was a reason for this segment, right? Yeah. Oh, this is Noah's Immersive. Which we're 42 minutes into. Oh, my God. So this is going to be four episodes of the podcast, oh, isn't it? We're we're we approaching our five. So, of, I mean, if you count the whiskey in the beginning. Honestly, here's the funny thing. If we just did this once a month, the podcast would be nothing. <laughs> and guess what most podcasts are. I know, which is what distinguishes us, and I'm very proud of that. But so, also, so the, we the, should do this more often. The, we yes, we should do this more often. often. Uh, the point, so the point being, the point was, um, blink, blink, 2019 for Noah J. Nelson in 10 words or fewer. What's the J stand for? Jacob. Uh, the, it should have just been J, J-A-Y. The, um, <laughs> like Homer J. It, dis- it distinguishes me from Craig T. Nelson's son. What does the T stand for? I don't know. Really? Because he, Anthony tangents, said Ti- Anthony said Tiberius because that's the middle name of my cat. Um, oh, so your cat's your father? No, <laughs> sorry to let you know. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow. It's that cat Star Wars crossover everyone's looking for. Okay. The meow Delorean. The intimate, the in, the the intimate stuff, right? Like that 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 was that was, your theme. That, was that was the big theme for like going going small. Going small, going deep, and then going outside of Anthony, please. NSFW. And then, and then <laughs> how happened to me? No. We've been drinking for three hours. We have happened. been drinking for four breaking hours. the podcast. Actually, I think we've been drinking for almost four hours. I just said that. Yeah. Um, it's not 11 yet. Here's, so here's, Kevin's about precision. You're about intimacy. Uh, Anthony's about a lot of stuff happening. I'm about change. Yeah, so the the big takeaway for me for the year was how how much depth the shows could find through those personal moments, and then just looking to the horizon of what what is immersive for us because that was the other thing about it, right? So like the things for me were like well, I was saying like look at this like look at the Zay and Me episode, you know look at look at some look at the some of the stuff we did. But also, we did change our definition for immersive theater this year to it's a play you can play. And I'm really proud of the simplicity of that and how we're centering the idea of play and not in the sense of competition, but play the way children play, which is a theme that's come up a couple of times mm-hmm. through right. this. Games There's do a, not need win states. Yes. Children have a purity of play where they're willing to embrace it and just kind of jump in um, and and how we protect the magic circle for them, but also how we invite ourselves into the magic circle of play is absolutely important. And and something that gets lost and I think something people forget in the grander sense of the culture is how much value is in that ideal that magic that's in what 
Walt was chasing with Disneyland of here's a place where children can explore whatever and adults can get back to the state of play of children. And it doesn't matter what the genre is because if you're in horror and you're scared shitless, that's play. play. You're taken back to being like a kid. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. All of that stuff. I, and I think some of it is even about how the show's it's willing to give yourself over to it, but how well the show invites you into its specific tone, its theme, its story. And I think that's something like, like the, the proverbial hand that it reaches out yeah, to. Yeah, and what so, I mean, is I, that like? Right, and I like I I, I kind of keep coming back to Sleeping More because I went through it a bunch this year. But that's something that Sleeping More does literally. It's like when you're getting one of those ones, they literally extend a hand to you. Mm-hmm. They extend the hand to you, and then when you get in, they pull off the mask, and it's the specific entry into this specific type of world where you break the barrier that's between the two of them. So like House of Creep, it's kind of they they have that pre-show, and then once you land into it, it's like. You're taking the selfies and you're kind of like, it breaks you out into it. Right. What's that invitation look yeah, like? Yeah. And it's like, it, it varies from show to show. And even so, like, we're kind of going back to 2018 here with Another Room 2. It's like the way it invites you into that space, it like, it welcomes you in with that, that entry scene and with the books. And then it's kind of this Christmas show. And it it kind of how they gear you into kind of the tone of the show and what you should expect going into it. And I think that's really important too. And not just what, the audience needs to bring, but how kind of where you need to meet halfway between the audience and the show in terms of like, where is that line and how do you do that? Well, how do you, how do you enter people in this world? And then also like on the other end, how do you dismount people from this world in a way that's comfortable? Yes. 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 Cause that's, that's just as important in terms of the emotional effect of the show and in terms of like getting you to think about the show and what it was doing. So I mean, these pieces have come out or they might've run by the time this podcast comes out. But I, I specifically kind of went back to, for kind of my moment of the decade, went back to Then She Fell. And I guess this is spoilers, but I think a lot of people have been through this show. But they <laughs> do it really, really well, and they actually have a framework around it. Right. Where they talk about the deeper they pull you in, they have to be cognizant that that's how far they need to pull you back right. out at yeah. the end. And so that's, that's like, what's that's super, super important. Deliberate. They pull you all the way in, and then they dismount, they give you a cup of tea, and they let you sit with the show. And letting you sit with the experience, and then you kind of sort through your own feelings before you leave, you fully leave the world because you kind of like are kind of exiting at that point, but you're still in the space, you're in the show. And I think that's so important. You hear the music still, which is really important. Right, and I think we've come back to... And you have that letter. Yeah, we've come back to sound design. We've come back to lighting in terms of things. It's like those are parts of every kind of theater show, even whether it has a person name or not, is kind of the sound and the lighting and how much they factor in, how much that all factors in kind of the beginning, the, the show and the ending. And it's so important to like how you get people to vibe with the show and like get them to play with it from beginning to end and leave them with that, that like specific emotional experience that you want them to find. Like, or just the that the transition back into the real world yeah. isn't yeah. jarring. Isn't right. Jarring. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes they jump you fucking back out of the street. So and sometimes, many shows are like that. Sometimes that's what they want I mean, you to some, feel. Yeah. It's but like, like a deliberate artistic choice, but, yeah, but like, not always the best one. It's emotional. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it can be a deliberate artistic choice, but like, you know, just knowing that then then you're surrender here's something that 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 it feels like oh cool but then you're also surrendering control over that moment to whatever the fuck is going on on the street you've just mm-hmm. lost control right. over your which theme. is why it's good to exit through the bar uh, honestly <laughs> you know, Amos the musical oh. Amos did a beautiful job at because ex- they brought us into a world mm-hmm. right 
Um, they brought us into this world, and you could explore it, and it was like, you know, it's this open, open world. And then you went into, you know, the intimate world of the show, and then when you left, it brought you literally back out into the, to the same play area that you were in. So you had a moment to actually literally exit right. back you, out. Did you feel like you went full circle? So you went full circle. So stor- thematically, it was great. Story-wise, it was great. And from an emotional standpoint, because it lets you out easy back into something that's familiar and you know, once you walk back out the door, you don't feel it's like you came into a certain, you know, like your birth, you you died the same way you were birthed. I mean, if that, if that, if that makes any sense to yeah. use the metaphor, the circle, yeah, yeah, of life. the circle of life. And it, and it was such a wonderfully fitting moment. And even creep did that creep did that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, because, because that I mean, big room in the middle I mean, with the uh, yeah, platform. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, not just yeah. that. It's like the show started in the line when we were waiting. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. There, there was stuff in the show. And when we left it, you know, it's like we start with selfies. People were telling, taking selfies. You know, we had like, you know, like the art quote unquote influencer mm-hmm. who was part of the show. And we left literally, you know, we exit through the gift shop as, you know, as, as the thing. Mm. Was. But, but we left taking, taking selfies. Yeah. So thematically, again, you know, the show let us out the same way it brought us in. And that's a hard thing to pull off well. And it's a hard thing to know when your show is over. You know, know, know when, you're, when your end point is of your show. And to bring down the curtain in the right spot. At the end of the day, it's it's all about the moments, and the moments lead to the memories, and that's what your audience takes away. And that's something we've come back to before in many times. And it's just it's just the fundamental ground truth. Like that's just how it works. Like some things are inescapable. There are certain aspects of the human condition like making predictions for the future, which is our next segment. Yeah. We're going to take an absolutely short break for logistical reasons, but this will be part of, of uh, this last episode, and we're going to let people think for a second. So you'll listen to the music. I'll probably make some kind of ad-like pitch in the middle of this break, and then uh, you'll come back to our, um, our either predictions or... Rec- or requests, requests wishes for twenty twenty wishes and hopes. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. wishes and hopes. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Twenty twenty feels real optimistic. So that wishes and hopes for twenty twenty. We're gonna look clearly at the future. Final segment of what has become a marathon, multiple hour, uh, 2019 into 2020. uh, And probably at this point, if if there's any... 2021? If if there's any logic to this, this is the first three episodes of the year and not just the first. But it's it's a good time. So we're going into February. Did say it was timey wimey so we can just scatter these throughout the year. Oh my god, that would be the most ridiculous thing to do. Um we won't. That would that would be painful, I think. Like Did to you, have one of these drop in June and then no, no, this is completely out of order. Out of order. Yeah. yeah, completely one, out of completely four, out of order. Well, two. nonetheless, because we're looking forward to 2020, like this, weirdly enough, that would mean that this episode would have to drop. This segment would have to drop before many of the others, which would just be weird. But hey, you know what? Who knows? So let's do this. Um, I'm gonna watch the clock. Uh, oh, everyone's pointing at Kevin. Um, too slow, my man. Too slow. Uh, I'm gonna watch the clock here, and 
our, uh, our conceit here is wishes and hopes. So not predictions, but wishes and hopes for 2020 and immersive. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to watch the clock and try and hold everyone to about five, two minutes. Ooh. Okay. Two minutes. All right. So you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're actually going to, if it's going to be two, it is a, this is a two, it's going to be a two minute drill. All right. I'm going to set it. All right. So hold on. I'll set the timer. No, 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 no. I'll start. I'll start. I'll let you know where you go. Um, so give it a second here. No, 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 no. Catherine, stop that. Stop that. All right. Um, Kevin, are you ready for your two minute drill? Let's do it. All right. And it's starting now. So I guess like looking towards 2020, I'm trying to not draw too much on 2019. What really spoke to me this year was like kind of intentionality in terms of shows and like really getting, making sure that people were feeling what you want to feel and like kind of guiding them through the experience that way. Um, so I actually, in, I don't know, hopefully I have enough time to do this. So I was reading a piece about kind of, it was talking about obviously it's going to come back to Star Wars, uh, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker in terms of kind of that sometimes it felt like Rise of Skywalker wanted you to, J.J. Abrams wanted you to feel certain things at certain points, but necessarily didn't connect in a whole way through. So I think I, I think that's kind of what I'm seeking in, in towards next year is like hoping people are kind of finding a way not towards just aim towards feelings, but to aim towards a, a whole experience. And I think we kind of talked about this from the beginning to the middle to the dismount is making sure it speaks to you in a certain way, not just in terms of like, I want to, pull on this emotion. I want to pull on this feeling. I want to pull on this kind of type of thing and really kind of make it kind of a comprehensive experience for people as they enter into the show and kind of guide them through both the story, but also kind of the feelings of kind of the people in that story or what they need you to feel, but making it work in terms of story beats, in terms of a beginning and middle and end and making sure it hits all those points. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. We've been it going, makes total sense. We've Kevin. been going forever, and there are several beers on the table and whiskey. We but, have drunk all of them. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm looking for is kind of like it, a comprehensive like intentionality, which is kind of I guess building off what I what I kind of sought out in 2019, but on a on a larger scale in terms of like the whole show. Oh, timer. No, no, the timer is 10 more seconds. Um, that's why I told you to turn yeah. yours off. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's why there's one, there's one time. I'm sorry. Okay. I have no idea what that was actually. Uh, Catherine, you have now two minutes. Go. So to build off what Kevin was saying, um, I'm in the grad program at USC Games right now, and a lot of what we talk about is literally mapping out that participant emotional journey where do I want to take them? What are the highs? What are the lows? What are the challenges? What are the triumphs? And thinking about that holistically. So obviously, very similar to Kevin. And a more intentionality around game mechanics and things like that. I think it might be more of an East Coast trend than a West Coast trend, although you do see that a little bit in something like Safe House 82 or some of the immersive theater shows that have ARG elements. But how can we get games and theater to mix a little bit more Something more like what Kellyanne and her husband do for Green Door Labs, stuff like that, um, mixing with some of the folks that are putting on Indiecade. Personally, um, I've been really excited about VR, especially what's happening on the Quest in terms of immersive theater, mixing with VR, both the uh, Quest and the Rift, you know, things like Change, things like Wolves in the Walls, things like the Under Presents. So I think we've been talking about these two disciplines having a lot in common over the last few years, but now we're actually starting to see the fruits of those labor. 
Um, and then just using immersive as a platform to interrogate kind of difficult issues. So uh, recently on the site, we had Zay in New York reviewing the Black History Museum. I was reviewing that dumpy, dumpling selfie palace. You know, just thinking about um, what are the issues of the day? Can we use embodied entertainment to really think about them in a different way? And then on a personal note, um, I got my Quest hooked up to my gaming PC and I now know Unity. So I am gonna start trying to develop for the headset. So that's pretty cool. All right, you had seven seconds to go when you finished that up. So right, when, I, I oh, wanted to touch on one thing before yeah. we kind of jump on. Catherine, you mentioned the kind of what the shows are hitting on. There was an escape room, I think, that you reviewed. Oh, yes. Privilege uh, of Escape, yeah. right? So Creative Time in New York City who do the um, the uh, Towers of Light every 9-11, who also did work with Kara Walker and Duke Riley. Like, they're known for j big public art exhibitions, and anyone who's anyone will go to them um, for their yearly exhibit. It becomes like a thing, like it's like cultural zeitgeist. And for the first time ever, they built an escape room, which was the privilege of escape by Risa Puno. Um, and that was the thing I was talking about in a few episodes ago, where I was <clears throat> divvied up with a bunch of people. It was totally arbitrary. It was based on the date of birth. For a second, I was like, few episodes were, oh, you mean earlier tonight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on the team that had a massive disadvantage, and we didn't know it at the time. We just thought the escape room was hard. Identical puzzles, two different conditions, if you think about it from like an experiment perspective. Blake was on the other side, and they finished theirs with time to spare, and then they got like this CCTV feed of me and a bunch of other people and our friend Teresa, and they were all like, why are Catherine and Teresa so slow? Why are they so bad at these puzzles? And then oh, the reveal happened. dope. So they didn't know that you guys were hobbled. They did not know we were handicapped. They thought that they were awesome. We thought that we did the best <laughs> we could, but still lost because it was really hard. And then at the exact same time, the whole room found out one side did not have a disadvantage and the other side did. And like jaws dropped. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I think I can say this. Uh, um, by the time Timing this, wise, by yes. The, by the time this airs, uh, God's willing and assuming that nothing, nothing untoward hasn't happened, uh, Risa will have been announced as one of the speakers at here. So, uh, so we'll be examining that as both a case study and hopefully also involving her in some of the salons that we talk about. Uh, yeah. I'm going to set a timer here in a second. Uh, Anthony, um, you are going to have the same uh, lovely two minutes starting now. So, um, yeah, you know, everybody's looking at me like, this is going to be hard for him. Yes, it's true. Um, really, one of the things that we, we keep talking about and it's been on the side a lot is designing shows for people who play, people who watch, and people who are kind of in between. I want to see more shows that are designed like that. There have been some really cool things here in Los Angeles, because I can speak to Los Angeles because I haven't gotten my chance to get to New York yet. Um, but uh, there have been a couple of really good examples of that, of, of shows that are made for people who just kind of stand back as well as those people who play play forward. Um, there's been a lot of ARGs that have done that, and ARGs I think are a great example to look to. Um, so I hope that a lot of folks take a look at what folks have done and people how people have chronicled ARGs, because that's a big thing. 
um, of you know for people who can play along without playing along if that, if that makes sense um, so I want to see more shows that are designed like that um, I would also love 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 and and I hope that in 2020 people have figured out how to talk about their shows in such a way that you can let your audience know who they are let so your audience can find your show um, without spoiling the show but at the same time giving enough information that that it ends up in the right hands in the right eyes um, so that's something I like all all you creators out there to think about um, audience members do research I hope that we see audience members who take you know five minutes to ask somebody to look up what the sh- you know the, the creators of the show to, to ask somebody about like what type of show they think it is to send emails because um, I know you guys are out there who would love to answer questions as to whether or not this is a LARP, what a LARP is, or if this is more of a escape room, or if it's more of a, a more closer to proscenium or somewhere in between, or a you know complete immersive you know experience. And that's uh, the kind of things it. I want to see. <laughs> Noah is reclaiming the microphone. That that indeed that indeed was a temp oh, cancel stop. Oh, that's weird. The machine's being weird. Okay, <clears throat> and then. Uh, all right, so uh, wishes and hopes for 2020, Noah Nelson, go. Um, my number one uh, is that I want us to get back into this mode of cross-pollinization. I want to see people who are making this stuff looking past their initial discipline and branching out, borrowing more, stealing more, incorporating more. Uh, we know that this is the kind of attack that Punch Drunk takes, right? Like, if there weren't certain video games, there wouldn't be Sleep No More. Uh, this is a fundamental part of what makes immersive interesting, is this dialogue that bleeds past any one art form and kind of looks bigger. Um, I I really do want to see that also bleeding over into the business models, right? If we're going to have sustainable work, if we're going to have work that, that stretches, people need to be thinking about new ways to fund these and ways that uh, create some sustainability for the art that they're doing. Um, and just, just laying the tracks down there. So again, you know, look at early access, please. That's, that's my, probably my biggest uh, you know, professional financial wish for everybody is just, just, just understand what it is that that community of fans can do for you and, and, and how they're related to you as opposed to just being something you're milking all the time and going back to and sort of draining resources out of that. You're letting them support you and then finding new audiences. Um, and my biggest hope is that these giant marketing activations and these studios that are sniffing around this space start to understand the value beyond just a marketing hit. And that is two minutes. All right. That is Woo. how you do it. Are we at the end of the road? We at the end right. of <laughs> the road. Uh, we are. Um, By the way, shout out to Empire Travel Agency's test run, which did that at the end of the train line at Coney Island. They sang End of the Road on the subway car, and no one else knew what was going on but the five people who came to see the show. 
Yay, Witchhead Collective. Brilliant and also somewhat sad at the same time. <laughs> it was a love story, okay? That's cool. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, we, we literally just had our, like, our closing like wishes, but before we just let uh, Kevin and Anthony drunkenly try and fight robots, is there Wait, anything... together or like versus? No, separately, because unfortunately I only have one Oculus Quest. Okay. And there's no multiplayer Man, mode for I Vader. It, no, but there's no multiplayer mode. Okay. Um, is there anything else uh, we want to do at the end of this marathon multi-part relay race of a podcast? Or are we, I mean, we've talked, Catherine, we've talked a lot, Catherine. <laughs> oh, you literally have something no, no, no. I just, else I to just say. want to shout out to the New York team because I miss all of y'all. Okay, that's Ali, Azia, Blake, Cheyenne, Ed, Leah, Michaela, She's Zay. using Slack to define that. Uh, <laughs> Cheater. She, I mean, I can't say I miss us. the LA team because I'm sitting here with you. Wow. Well, but you wow. know, but look, wow. look, look. And Danielle look, look. and Patrick and Shelly and Thomas. Holding it down in London. Yeah. Our team is amazing. I, well, and then the LA team. On, like, on you the know, shout like, outs, I, I think, too, the the level of writing, I feel like, the last... Oh, I mean, yes. all the time, but, like, the last but few like months have been, like, has been just, like, on fire. Like, the under-the-bed pieces yes. were great. I, Catherine's, you like... You and Lauren. I didn't, I didn't write a thing. <laughs> you were uh, helping. Yeah, Catherine's, <laughs> like, I don't know, her your Johnny Cycle piece, your Nest piece, and your oh, Dumpling piece you. were, like, just, like, stellar. I think people have just been, like, knocking out of the park. Dumpling piece did better months. than our our quest guide. Shh, I'm sorry, Will. No, no, no. no it has nothing to do with just, just, we just We just need to find more things to, like, take who, task. W- Will, who also did a great under-presents review. Will, Ooh. yeah, Will, Will, who's, like, stepped up in a big way, which, like, I'm super impressed by. And, like, it's always, like, I wish we get more out of Lauren uh, but like she's got a real writing job so we only get her on special occasions like Brianna like really like rock and rolled on the social side and we need like you know more for and more I hope yeah, we get to have some time Juliet with her Juliet pinch hitting when we need her Juliet pinch hitting when we need her I like Juliet and come back to the dumpling piece too I think yeah two of like the best pieces about these Selfie palaces, like I and like I don't like that. Seems there's dumb the, that like there's they should a, inspire a, like the highest level of writing, but they they did. Like. But you know, but and, and you know what? Weirdly enough, to like go back on the wishes and hopes things, like I, I wish and hope for there be some good selfie palaces this year that aren't like just yeah. like stupid because the selfie palaces get to be seen by more people than any of our work, and it will turn people yeah. off of it the idea. The it yeah. sets the tone, and if there's some good ones people will be interested in it. And if they're bad ones, people will be like, I don't want to see an immersive play because I went to a shitty selfie palace. So please fix your shit. <laughs> um, and on that note, on that note, anyone else we need to, and on, and on a better who, note than uh, shitty selfie palace. Who, 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 well, who, 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 no, we who just want everyone no, to I be know, better. No, I know, but like, I don't we know. We just don't want know. it to be better. I, I would like to think, um, I know it's going to sound like all weird, but it's like, I like to think the folks who are listening to this, folks who share this stuff, um, the folks who talk about immersive, because um, it's not just us. It's not you know we're not the only people who are talking about this stuff. Um, there's an entire Facebook group that just talks about this incessantly. There's an entire Slack that talks about this stuff incessantly. You guys talk about it when you're with your friends. You talk about it with your families. You are my friends and family. You are friends. <laughs> you are our friends and family. But but we're like talk about this for hours. I mean, we talk about it for Wait, hours. We have. But the thing is that you know the masses the masses won't learn what it is that we love so much until they hear it from somebody that they love. So the more you share it, the more you talk about this world, this industry, um, you know, escape room, selfie palaces, um, show VR. um, The more you talk about it with your friends and your family, 
Uh, the more you share this podcast, the more you share random tweets and cool articles that you find online, the more that people learn about it, that it's a thing, that it exists, and that it is a world that we all inhabit. Um, and I like to just to thank you guys for being part of this world, being part of part of this experience, um, because um, you know, like like the show says, the more you know, <laughs> um, the 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 further we get. So um, we we we, we Thanks, do this together. Yeah. Takes a village. And uh, and and truly, just uh, you know, on that note, as as we close up here. Um, and I'm sure it's something I've had to say in like the closing segments of like the nine podcasts this has turned into. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, this is good. I'm apologizing to our listeners. It's well, yes, apologies to you. Uh, I mean, look, we're either going to get a nice spike in traffic or like we literally just um, made me homeless. Um, <laughs> there's there's no middle ground here on this one. Um, we, um, it, you know. All of the work, all of the work lives and dies by word of mouth. And if you right now do not think that your voice matters, that you don't make a huge difference when you speak up about what you love, when you share what you love, um, not even talking about like providing financial support for anything, but when you, when you, when you just share this when you share this episode, when you share your friend, your friends with your friends, the work, the, the shows that you love, uh, and, and let people know you make a huge difference in what's possible for everyone going forward. And without that, without you, um, none of this works. So remember that you who have survived this you know, rough mutter of podcast episodes, uh, all 97 of them. Um, uh, you, (laughs) you make all the difference in the world. And that note will roll the formal credits. Um, I'll just jump in and do that in the little music. So all of you, thank you. And, uh, imagine what would happen if we had more beer. Promises next time. Peace. Good night. Later. Two hours and twenty-three minutes. That's uh, that's not too bad for a for a podcast. I do that like twice a week with uh, with waypoints. Um, thank you for sticking around. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Beer. Um, I, I was scrubbing through the, the episode uh, as I assemble it, and I, I caught this little moment where as we jump from the, the second segment into the third, and like as we, we, we hand it off and take that pause, um, you know, we, we Kevin says, you know, 2020 feels, you know, optimistic because remember, we were recording this before 2020. And I just want to say, you know, um, for a lot of people. And I'm talking to some specific folks I know, and also talking to my family, uh, and I'm also talking to maybe the country as a whole. Um, this first week has been, I believe the term is shaky as fuck. Um, so uh, yeah, oh boy, uh, there's there they should have put a language anyway. We'll we'll do that in the show notes. Um, it's been shaky as fuck, 
and uh, it's been, uh, I keep on telling people that it feels like uh, 2019, that 2019 energy is holding on, like it won't die, it's like the monster, but optimism is a choice uh, as much as it's anything else, right? Like, and in fact, optimism, I think, might always be a choice because uh, the facts on the ground at any given time are like, mm, no. <laughs> And I say this as someone who is not naturally optimistic. Um, uh, I, I, I'm probably more realpolitik than I am anything. Uh, my, my public persona is optimistic, um, but that's because I choose that. I choose optimism. I choose to find um, the needle in the haystack, the silver lining around the cloud, uh, the Kyra crystal in the, um, I don't, well, I don't, ice cave. There you go. That's how that metaphor works. Um, I, I, I look at uh, the challenges we face. I was having a conversation with Ricky Briganti yesterday, as we were talking about like uh, this year's report, and uh, we were getting really pessimistic in some ways. Like we were we were focusing on a lot of the obstacles that have that have popped up, and uh, you know, there's there's sometimes there's this feeling of pessimism, but you take a step back and you see things for what they are and not for what you're worried about what they are not. And when I do that, um, I actually, I get filled with optimism. Um, I get filled with possibility. Uh, if we let the good possibility, if we work towards it, if we do not let ourselves be defeated by the forces that stand against us, I've been experiencing lately this this sense that um, reality is overreacting to everything I try and do. So I, I I try and make something happen, and then this this wall of pushback, usually this institutional pushback or these these things that were decided long ago, not by me. Um, I say this as someone uh, who 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 knows that there's other folks who experience this all the time and are very conscious of it all the time. Um, and so, uh, man, a part of me goes, I don't know how you, you get through it. And another part of me says, oh, this is how they get through it. Because if you know that the odds are always stacked against you, if you know that every action creates an unequal opposite reaction, like an overwhelmingly unequal, um, if you have this sense sometimes that you go out for a walk to clear your head and you come back to worse news than what you were trying to walk off, um, how do you keep moving forward? And the answer is you choose. You choose to keep moving forward because you don't want to be still. You don't want to just have it all happen to you. Um, there's a lens on that that says, bah. And there's another lens on that that says, what else are you going to do? What other choice do you have? Um... Well, you do have another choice. You can just curl up in a blanket. And I do that plenty too. Uh, I watched The Witcher. <laughs> I'm watching Clone Wars now. Um, I don't even like Clone Wars. Um, there, I'm doing what I need to do to recharge. The world can always be a better place. The world needs to be a better place. The things we do can make it a better place. And I just want to let you know that we're out here doing what we can to help you help with that. All right. I think the coffee's wearing off. I think I got too much of a, of a, of a content drunk off of uh, listening to the clips as I was putting this together. There's a mountain of work to do. Um, 
check back at uh, the herefest.com website next week when all the information is going to be tidily assembled for you. Uh, and if you haven't signed up for the Here uh, newsletter yet and you're thinking about coming, definitely do that. Um, and of course, the newsletters are going out. We've got a whole bunch of stuff uh, ready to go uh, as we turn the publishing machine back on. We've had a few, uh, like I think it's, I think it's like a feature pop this week, getting uh, the picks of the week and everything immersive this week are, are popping through. Uh, we've got some uh, more reviews that are about to roll out and we're starting to see new stuff. So uh, the machine carries forward. There's plenty of more work to uh, come forth. And... Honestly, if you can join us out here in March in uh, in Pasadena, uh, I think you're going to really, really um, have a good time. Okay, so there we go. Um, let's do the credits for the show, uh, part of which I forgot to do at the top of the show. So apologies to our core Patreon backers. The sustaining backers of No Persinium are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mystery, Sidney Guillory, and Jeremy Charles Hahn. The music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. You can find everything we do at nopersinium.com. You can follow us at No Persinium on Twitter and Facebook and at no underscore persinium. So the word no, then an underscore, then the word persinium. It's in front of you on your phone now, uh, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, and there's just a lot more to come uh, in the weeks ahead. I'm Noah Nelson, and until next time, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>